Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly with you on a Thursday night draft night. And we have plenty to discuss on a huge night for the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, And we'll get to all aspects of this draft, the Eagles selection, uh, how it came to be, how it was navigated. Because um, I think Howie Roseman did a fantastic job. When you look at how all this came together, how it all played out, uh, the Eagles moving down from 6 to 12, ending up getting who they got with ultimately the number 10 pick Eagles moving back up and just a heck of a night for the organization and for Howie Roseman as far as I see it here as the Eagles trade up from number 12 to number 10 one spot in front of the New York Giants which just has to make you feel so good to take a player from a division rival I feel like so many times we're on the opposite end of this where a team that we don't like jumps in front of the Eagles. Eagles don't end up getting the player they would have targeted uh, with their pick, but the Eagles trade up to 10, one spot in front of the Giants, and take Devontae Smith, the diminutive receiver from Alabama. A guy that had been rumored to the Eagles for a while now. I mean, varied opinions on whether the Eagles would actually select him. We all know about the resources, the valuable resources the Eagles have used on wide receivers the last few years. Um, And obviously, you know, a lot of skepticism whether two years removed from taking J.J. Arthago-Whiteside in the second round, a year removed from taking Jalen Rager in the first round, whether the Eagles would really use another first-round pick on a wide receiver. And in the end, that is exactly what they end up doing as they take Devontae Smith. And it's a tremendous move as I see it. We'll examine the trade down from, I guess, at this point a few months ago and how it all played out, the value and all that, how we got here. But in my mind, this is a tremendous pick for this organization for so many reasons. And for the most part, I look at the history of this organization. And this team has desperately needed to solve this receiver problem uh, for years. I mean, this has been over a decade-long problem with this organization in their inability to draft quality wide receivers. They have tried for so long to solve this problem without finding any quality solutions. And in Devontae Smith, you are getting... One of the most productive receivers we've seen out of the best conference in college football. 
In, in 2020, Devontae Smith, these numbers are insane. 117 catches, over 1,800 yards receiving, a 16-yard average per catch, 23 touchdowns. 2019, over 1,200 yards receiving, 14 touchdowns in 2019. The production in that conference is incredible. And you look at Jalen Rager last year, the big knock on him coming out was not a lot of production in the Big 12. A conference doesn't play a lot of defense. You know, and the excuses were made, bad quarterback, you know, not a great system, all this other stuff. Well, the Eagles now go and get an extremely productive player from the best conference in all of college football. And when you watch him play, this is a dynamic football player. This is a guy who was arguably the best player in college football last season. No, that's that's not best wide receiver. He was arguably the best player in all of college football last year. Wins the Heisman Trophy, has an extremely high pedigree. And as I see it, this is a, a complete knockout home run pick for a team that desperately, desperately needed one and desperately needed a quality player at that position of all else. And if you want to get in, give me your thoughts on it. 215-592-9494 is how you get in. 215-592-9494. I really want to get the reaction of the fan base tonight to this move by Howie Roseman and the Philadelphia Eagles. But it was important for this team to address this need. And I know there were several other needs. We talk about the cornerback spot, the way the board kind of shook out. That wasn't going to be a position the Eagles were adequately going to be able to address at 12 anyway. Um, I think that one of the big shockers of the night so far, J.C. Horn goes number eight to Carolina. Patrick Sertan then goes number nine to Denver, which was fortuitous in the sense that it took Dallas's player off the board, then they were scrambling, had to trade back. I, I fully believe the Cowboys would have taken Patrick Sertan at number 10. That was how I mocked it earlier this week. I think it was pretty much a given that that's who the Cowboys were going to take. When those two corners go off the board, it changes the mathematics for the Cowboys, and it changes the mathematics for the Eagles. The Eagles then are left with pretty much one guy. I, I Coming into this draft, I looked at this as essentially a four-player draft for the Eagles at 12. Four guys I would have been okay with, and that was Sertan, Jalen Waddell, Devontae Smith, or J.C. Horn. And once he got to 10, only one of those guys was remaining. And it made the decision very easy for the Eagles to move up, and it made it easier for the Cowboys to move back, considering they desperately need a corner. And the two corners that they were probably looking to take were off the board. So in that sense, Carolina and Denver did the Eagles a huge favor here. And it worked out perfectly for the Eagles because in my mind, they needed to draft a wide receiver. They did. And I get the need at corner. I get the need at pass rusher, even though I don't think any pass rushers at 12 would have been good value there. I get wanting to bolster the offensive line. I mean, I get the appeal of maybe taking a quarterback, and that's another aspect we'll get into a little later on here. But it was important in my mind that the Eagles came into the draft and addressed this position once and for all. Because look at all the different ways they have tried over the past decade plus. 
Look at all the different names that have been drafted by this organization as they have looked to solidify this receiver position and look to draft a productive wide receiver, which, frankly, they haven't done since Jeremy Macklin all the way back in 2009. They've tried early in the draft with guys like Nelson Aguilar and Jordan Matthews and Jalen Rager and J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. They've tried in the middle rounds with guys like Josh Huff and Riley Cooper and Marvin McNutt, uh, just random names that are coming to my head right now. You remember Marvin McNutt, Tucker? You remember that guy? He's a big, big body guy. Dismissive of Josh Huff. I like Josh Huff. Oh, you know Josh Huff had. He was electric when he had the ball in his hands. Oh yeah, he was great in that one play against Dallas. Took him out of field goal range. I don't know if you remember that. Kick return for a touchdown. I guess. Yeah, like a six-yard catch that he fumbled at the end of. I don't like those Oregon guys. I don't like those Oregon guys. Chip Kelly guys. I don't like those Chip Kelly guys. You know that. But the Eagles have tried to figure out this wide receiver position for years and have failed to do it. And this was a no-brainer. This guy is a dynamic playmaker that will be a stud at the NFL level. There is no doubt about it. You can talk about his size. I don't worry about that at all. You know, you look at a guy like Deshaun Jackson, obviously in his later years, he's had injury issues. I don't remember Deshaun Jackson early in his career missing a ton of time, missing a lot of games, um, you know, being, being injured a lot. Devontae Smith is very good at avoiding contact. He's very good at, at avoiding the big hits, and countless receivers have shown in this league, size doesn't really matter if you play the position well, you know how to operate in tight spaces, and you keep yourself out of those compromising situations. And I don't worry about that with Devontae Smith. And, you know, it, it, on my overnight program the other night, I said that what I wanted from this draft, and, and I posed the question to the audience as far as what do you want from this Eagles draft more than anything else? And what I wanted was them to go into this first round and not overthink it, which is a problem they have had many times in the past few years. Certainly last year with Jalen Rager, they overthought it. Going for a guy with speed instead of the better player, instead of the more productive receiver in Justin Jefferson. And I just wanted them not to overthink this choice. Don't worry about size. Don't worry about measurables. Don't worry about, what is it, the spider graph or whatever it is, where the guy has, you know, a high catch radius level and a high, you know, uh, agility metric, whatever. You know, I I don't know exactly what the spider graph entails in, in terms of attributes. But stop being so focused on that and take a guy who can play football. Take a guy who is productive and you know can play at the NFL level. And Devontae Smith was that. And it was the guy I wanted. It was the guy I mocked to the Eagles at 12. And I couldn't be more excited that this is the player the Eagles have ended up with. Because focusing on that other stuff, the measurables, the size, those kind of things... That's what's gotten the Eagles into trouble in the past. But to just take the best football player is something they really needed to do. They did that, and they were aggressive in doing so. This has consistently been this team's greatest need for over a decade. And it's not really even questionable. When you look at consistent issues at one position, 
This has been the position they have had uh, consistent issues with. Not having a legitimate go-to receiver. You know, you can argue Alshon in 2017, I guess. Um, Jeremy Macklin had a great year in 2014. But really, this has been a need. This has been an issue for so long. And the Eagles addressed it adequately on Thursday night. I couldn't be happier. It's a great night to be an Eagles fan, and I want to know how you feel. 215-592-9494, 215-592-9494. We will update you on everything with the draft as we go throughout the show. If we do get you know, any comments from Howie Roseman, from Nick Sirianni, by the way, Nick Sirianni, he looked pretty fired up in that draft room. I mean, you got to love this. Uh, a receiver coach gets a receiver in here uh, with his first pick. Devontae Smith, I'm assuming he loves ball. I mean, he, you got to love ball. That That's like the number one prerequisite for the Eagles as they're making this pick. You got to love ball. That's the only requisite to be an Eagle now. It is. I mean, like there's a sign at the Novacare complex. You know how you know we have to get our temperature taken or fill out those surveys to come to work every day? Well, sure. The Eagles have one. It just says, do you love ball? Sure. Do you and love you ball? you say, no, you're not allowed in today. And, you know, how many times do you think Devontae Smith whips Sirianni's ass in rock, paper, in rock, rock, paper, scissors? Yeah. Uh, I mean. At least a dozen. A, a ton of times, I'm sure. See how big his hands are? Yeah. He's I mean, probably real quick. Yeah. I mean, look at this. It, 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 it is honestly, you know, all joking aside, I think it's a great pick. I uh, want to know how you feel about it. 215-592-9494. Um, if you're an Eagle fan, I'd feel pretty good about the future right now. Let's get it started on the phones. Kevin in New Hope. What's up, Kevin? Yo, Kevin. Yo. Yo, what's up, man? Hey, sorry about that. No problem. I'm in depth in the draft here. Are you, are you get me on? We're, you're you're on the air right now, Kevin. How about that? What do you think of the pick? I'm on the air right now. You are, indeed. Oh God, I'm so embarrassed, Kevin from New Hope. Yeah, all right, Kevin. We'll we'll move on. Let's go to Drew. What's up, Drew? Hey, what's going on? Uh, man? Is is this me? Yeah, Drew. What's oh, going sorry on? Sorry about that. Okay, let me give you my analysis. I I, I love this pick. I think it's great. Um, you know. And we've all given Howie uh, – I, I mean, I've really kind of given him a hard time. I mean, he screwed up the last three years. But this was his night. I mean, we – and I heard Ike Reese talking earlier about, like, you know, identity and were we a physical team or a finesse team. I, I don't see it that way. I see it that we took the highest graded player on the board. I mean, you know, Devontae Smith was – he had the third highest draft grade of the entire class, not of wide receivers of the entire class. We got a guy that two months ago people were talking about us picking at six, and we got a first-round pick in exchange for a third. How do you not like that? There's no doubt about it, Drew. And, you know, I know, uh, you know, the, the, the conversation surrounding Howie Roseman has been largely negative for a long time now, but I, I don't know how you don't give him credit on a night like this because I think you're right. I think there's a good chance if the Eagles sit at six and do nothing – I think there's a good chance they take Devontae Smith with this pick anyway. Absolutely. And we've got a first-round pick in exchange for a third round on top of it, plus our guy. And, you know, Roseman, he did it well before, and maybe this goes well for the future again. I mean, I am stoked tonight. This was excellent. Yeah. No, I agree, Drew, and I appreciate the call. And that's something we'll get into more in the next segment here because there has obviously been – I mean, all offseason, it's been Howie Roseman – 
under under fire and people want him gone and how he's incompetent, all this stuff. But I mean, how he's not incompetent and how he is a good executive. And I've been behind Howie for a long time. And we've talked about what's went wrong the last couple of years. Yeah, the draft record, the draft history the last few years has not been good. Um, and there is no hiding from that. But when you look at the state of this franchise and so much has been made of the dysfunction and, you know, they have no chance as far as how he's at the helm, I just don't believe that to be true. Uh, when you look at the 2020 season, let's face it. I mean, this team had their season ruined and torpedoed by a quarterback who forgot how to play football. Like, I don't know what else to tell you, but that's what happened here. And the fact of the matter is Howie Roseman does know what he's doing. He is a good executive. The draft history has been spotty at best, and that is that is obvious. But after 2015, this is an organization that course-corrected. And this is an organization that figured out a way to right its wrongs. It's why I had faith that Howie would do it again. And why I was confident going into this draft that he would get the job done. And obviously, still ways to go here. But I think he's off to a tremendous start. I think the Eagles are off to a tremendous start this weekend as far as getting players in here that are going to help lead this rebuild, help turn this thing around. Starts with Devontae Smith. Wants your reaction to the pick. 215-592-9494. When we get back, we will talk a little more about the maneuvering by Howie and how this all played out for the Eagles. Trade down, the trade back up. In the end, uh, complete win when you look at the value uh, the Eagles got back and the value they gave back they gave to Dallas to move back up. 215-592-9494. I'm Tom Kelly, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly with you on draft night. Following the draft, we'll give you updates as well. The Giants have just selected. They draft... Uh, Kadarius Tony, speedy wide receiver from the University of Florida. So the Giants end up getting the receiver, and let's face it, I mean, it's it's obvious now, and, you know, I, I, it's amazing how people just do not want to give Howie Roseman any credit. And, uh, you know, uh, the, the Eagles, they didn't need to jump ahead of the Giants. Giants were taking Devontae Smith. Well, it's pretty clear now the Giants would have taken Devontae Smith. Uh, the Eagles jump up from 12 to 10, uh, get Devontae Smith, the Giants trade down nine spots and end up taking a poor man's Devontae Smith in Kadarius Toney, uh, uh, you know, for for uh, lack of a better word. So, yeah, I mean, uh, the Eagles made the right play here. And in so many ways, Howie Roseman navigated this perfectly. And we will um, go to Howie Roseman when he speaks. Uh, Tucker Bagley um, is keeping an eye on it right now. When Howie takes to the podium, we assume with Nick Sirianni, we will let you hear their comments following uh, this selection. But before we get back to the phones here, what a job by Howie Roseman. And he has not been the most popular person in this town for what has gone on recently. And I get it. I mean, the draft the last couple years, it's been ugly, especially at the receiver position. 2020 was a disaster for a multitude of reasons. I mean, that the Eagles were an organization that completely fell apart last year. And there is no other way uh, to sugarcoat it. And obviously, they're reporting this offseason from, you know, Zach Berman, Bo Wolf, Shil Kapadia, the guys at The Athletic, Jeff McLean, about 
the things going on within this organization and the kind of dysfunction that has surrounded them, uh, especially with the draft. But you cannot deny that in a vacuum, in this situation, Howie Roseman navigated it to perfection. To move down from 6 to 12, which many people had a problem with, You know, I heard all the stuff, six is idiot-proof, you can't screw six up at all, why would you move down, you're going to get either Jamar Chase or Kyle Pitts. Well, the way everything played out, Pitts or Chase weren't there. I mean, Kyle Pitts goes four to Atlanta, Jamar Chase goes five to Cincinnati, and Howie did not trade down blind here. And he deserves a ton of credit for how this was evaluated and how it all played out. The fact that Pitts and Chase go four or five, It would have left the Eagles in no man's land, just like it did to Miami. I guarantee you Miami traded up with that exact idea that one of those guys were going to be there for them at number six. Instead, they're both gone. They reach and take Jalen Waddell. At number six, Jalen Waddell is a reach. I like Jalen Waddell, but at number six, that is too high. That is a reach. And whether it was J.C. Horn, Jalen Waddell, Patrick Sertan, Devontae Smith, they are all reaches at number six. Instead, how he moves down, then evaluated it right again by jumping back in front of the rival Giants to take the guy that they wanted all along. And you get the guy that, personally, I think the Eagles would have taken at six. If the Eagles weren't able to trade down and they had to just select at six, I believe they would have taken Devontae Smith anyway. Instead, you move down. You trade the worst of this year's third-round picks for a first next year, essentially. Like, even if you are the most staunch Howie Roseman hater, I don't know how you can have a problem with it. And I have long said I have faith in Howie. I think Howie's a good GM. I think he's a good executive in this league. Mistakes have been made, but you look at the overall track record. This is a good, smart executive that built a Super Bowl winning roster not that long in the rearview mirror here. And he ran circles around two organizations in all this. He ran circles around the Miami Dolphins six, seven weeks ago when he made that trade. And he ran circles around that fool Dave Gettleman tonight. And I lo- nothing makes me happier than seeing Dave Gettleman and Joe Judge uh, get caught with their pants down. They do all that crying, uh, not not literally, Tucker. Uh, they do all that crying, the integrity of the game, Joe Judge is going to whine and mope about not making the playoffs with six wins because the Eagles, uh, you know, blow that game in Week 17. And look at what it turned into. The Giants don't make the playoffs. The Eagles end up stealing the guy they wanted, Devontae Smith, they get an extra first rounder next year, and the Giants trade have to trade down and get Kadarius Tony. What a tremendous night for an Eagles fan, and an embarrassing night for the Giants. Just about you know an hour and a half up ninety five couldn't have worked up better, worked out better for the Eagles in regards to uh, their personal matchup with the division rival Giants on this round one of the NFL Draft Night. 215-592-9494. Let's go to Ben in Montgomeryville. What's up, Ben? What, what, guys? How are you? What's going on, Ben? Listen, I am so excited. We got Devontae Smith. I am screaming. I was sat at the link today, and 
and they picked him, and I was so excited. I you were so you're excited. just you're just hanging out down outside of the link, Ben. No, inside the link. I'm oh, like, you know, you know. Oh, you're you know at the draft party. Okay, all right. You know who I am? I was the Eagles autism ambassador. I carried the trophy for the Eagles. I was on Ellen with John Dorm. I do a lot for the autism. I just want to give a shout out to Eagles Autism for doing the vaccinations, and they do a great job. Well, that's I got awesome. My ben. Vaccine today. That's awesome, Ben. That's great. Yeah. So you're excited about the pick? I am excited about the pick. We got Devontae Smith. I called it E A G L E S Eagles. There you go, Ben. I appreciate it. It's been a it's been a while since we've heard Eagles chants on WIP. I mean, all the Oh, it's basically been this organization's a dumpster fire. Get rid of Howie Roseman, but I mean, you can't you can't argue with with the way Howie navigated this. I mean, Tucker, I guess you're not the right guy to to go to here. You're not too excited about this Devontae Smith pick. I don't know you. You might be more upset though with the the Carolina Panthers situation. You're, you're... I don't really know what they're doing down there in Charlotte right now. But I, I'm not upset with how Howie Roseman maneuvered. Right? If if you told me that you can move from six to ten and you know get a guy that you still expected to get at six and, and pick up a first round pick next year, that that could be a pretty high pick, depending on how you feel about the Miami Dolphins. I, I'd say fine. My issue is they spent a top ten pick on a wide receiver, and quite honestly, Tom. Wide receivers don't win football games. I'm sorry, right? Like, everyone sits here and gripes about Justin Jefferson, and Justin Jefferson went to Minnesota and, and had a year that no one could expect Devontae Smith to have, right? Like, he had the best year a rookie wide receiver in this league's ever had. Guess what? Minnesota went 7-9. and nine. I bet if you asked them, they said, you know, maybe we, we should have taken a pass rusher. Maybe we should have taken a guy on the defense because our defense ranked 30th in the NFL, sure. and we couldn't stop anybody. Like, I, I get it. It's exciting. People are going to go out and buy jerseys, number six, Devontae Smith. Oh, he has a website oh, up selling Eagles six. merch. Oh, I'm sorry. The number, the number thing. Jay, I know. I'm sorry. I know that's that. a tough thing. But he he just started selling his own Eagles merch about five minutes ago. Oh, did he? It, it all says Sweet Six on it. So I imagine that that he's going to wear that number as an Eagle. First one I think since Caleb Sturgis. Oh, well, there you go. How about so, that? so I mean that it, it's a number with a, a long line uh, of excellence. But if I'm looking at this team, like I don't think they're a wide receiver away from being competitive. Yeah. I think they need to rebuild the lines. I I thought long thought that that Quiddy Pay or, or someone along the defensive line would be far more impactful and yeah. have far more impact on the team being successful moving forward than a wide receiver. Yeah, I hear you. I I just I look at a team like Kansas City, and obviously they have a lot more than the Eagles have. But you see what a guy like Tyree Kill can stretch the field like that can do for an offense, and it's significant. And you know we'll, we'll see how it all plays out, but. I mean, if Jalen Hurts can play, you'd think Sirianni maybe can get more out of Rager uh, with Devontae Smith. This could be an offense that could be pretty dynamic this year. 215-592-9494. Let's get Jay and Philly in here. What's up, Jay? How you doing, Tom? What's going on, man? Yeah, um, uh, yeah. Harry Rosen played uh, the game good, and I, I did go on uh, Giants Twitter, and Giants fans are, like, upset. Saying, you know, how the Eagles and the Cowboys screwed them and the Eagles screwed them again. So, I mean, if you can get a rise out of Giants fans and, and screw them over again, that's good. But about the Devontae Smith, I'm at, I'm at a – hello, can you hear me? Yeah, I got you, Jack. About Devontae Smith, I'm at a wait-and-see approach, you know, because last year I was told Rager was going to do this and do that. I was told the year before that that uh, White Side was going to be a huge red zone target with Alshon Jeffrey and all that stuff. So, you know, I'm tired of like you know people getting me pumped up for these guys and they don't do anything. So I'm at a wait and see approach. Yeah, I kind of figured they was going to take him anyway, 
Um, something just told me that Chase and what's the name was going to go early. Yeah, Pitts so and I'm Chase at, went I'm before. I'm more, yeah, same thing. Yeah, so I'm basically at a wait and see approach, just like with the uh, Sixers. You know, I haven't really enjoyed the Sixers season this year. You know, I'm more of a uh, uh, show show me type. I'm at, right. You know, show me type of you know position this year because you know I'm tired of getting you know my hopes up. Yeah. So I see we'll see what Devontae Smith do when he gets on the field, but. I'm not going to say he's going to be this or that until I actually yeah. see him play. I, I got you, Jay. I'm sorry I have to cut you short, but we, we got to hit the break here. We'll come back. Howie Rosen about to speak momentarily, so we will take Howie when we get back. Uh, I'm Tom Kelly with you till 2, Sports Radio 94 WIP. All right, well, there it was. And what would it be, you know, what would a Howie Roseman news conference be without a couple corny jokes in the end? You know, you're gone the entire entire press conference without throwing any corny jokes in there. Then, you know, has the, the one about fitting Devontae Smith in his suitcase, then has to throw a little awkward question to Sirianni about the, the rock, paper, scissors. Um, but in general, some interesting stuff from uh, that news conference. And uh, we'll talk about a lot of it when we get back here. But the main thing that I wanted to take that I wanted to mention before we before we throw it to break is how are we talking about the mistakes that have been made in the past and talking about how, you know, the Eagles forced some picks in the past, uh, reached for some positions and they weren't going to do that this time. And that is the thing about this pick that in my mind makes it. Such a home run and such a, a, a move that Eagles fans should be happy about and excited about. Because so many questions this offseason surrounding this organization were around the fact, like, would they realize and recognize their mistakes? Especially when the athletic piece comes out a few weeks ago. That was really the question at this point. Was would the, would the Eagles recognize their mistakes and would they correct them uh, adequately? Because in the past, I think this is an organization that has kind of thought of themselves, uh, you know, above others and thought of themselves as elite when, aside from 2017, the results have not been elite. But stepping back, looking at the draft failures, really evaluating them, I think they really simplified it and looked at it as we want to get the best football player. We want to get a guy who's going to come in and help this team. We're not going to worry too much about whether we need a speed guy or a size guy or a guy to fit this role or a guy to fit that role. But we want to get the best football player available to us. I think that's what the Eagles did. And for that reason, I think it's a pretty good move. 215-592-9494. Let's get Peter in here before the break. What's up, Peter? Hey, uh, hey how are you, Zero? Good. How you I doing? I appreciate you taking my call. No problem. I'm okay. Um uh, listen, I, I, I'm hopeful this works out, but to, to give you my, my frank opinion, the, the Eagles went into the draft needing a, a number one wide receiver, and they, they come out of this first round still needing a number one wide receiver. I'm going to cite uh, two or three things that, that, that you said or that the NFL did to, 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 to substantiate that. Number one, uh, uh, the, the, the Giants um, – taking uh, Kadarius Tony and moving back, 
that, that clearly – the Giants were clearly looking at a number two receiver. And Devontae Smith would be a good number two behind Kenny, Kenny Galladay. Secondly, I know you made the statement that had the Eagles stayed where they were at six, you know, when um, Chase and Pitts were off the board, you know, the, your, your phrase was that they would have been in no man's land. And I, I, I disagree. They would have had Penny Sewell. And that, to me, would have been an awesome pick, better than, than getting uh, Devontae Smith. I hope the kid works out. And, 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 and by the way, the proof of that, if there's a team that has a worse receiving core than the Eagles, it's the Detroit Lions. The right. Lions absolutely needed a receiver. And when they could have taken Smith, they took Penny Sewell. So, uh, look, I hope the kid works out. I do. I, just, I, I don't see him as a number one. I see him as a number two. I think they would have been better had they taken. And, and, and I also don't think you needed to trade up two spots with Dallas. I would have rather they stayed at 12. If they don't get Smith, they take Slater. I like that kid. I would have even taken Parsons and kept your third-round pick. I, I, I disagree that, that Howie played this brilliantly. I, I, I think he, he lost a third-round pick and got a number two receiver tonight. Okay. You no, know, I hear you, Peter, and it's a legit point. I appreciate the call. Like, if you think the Eagles should have taken Sewell at six – uh, you know, that's a legit point, and I, I disagree. Um, you know, I like Sewell as a player, but you got to take position into account in some regards, and I just don't view tackle as a massive need for the Eagles. You know, obviously, a lot of that is dependent on Lane Johnson coming back healthy, but if Lane Johnson comes back healthy, you're in a position where you have Lane Johnson, you have Jordan Malotti, you have Andre, Andre Dillard, who was injured all of last year. We haven't seen a ton of them so far, but... Uh, obviously, at least two years ago, had a pedigree to where the Eagles traded up for him in the first round to select him. And I'm not telling you I think Andre Dillard is going to be a great player. Andre Dillard is still an unknown, an unknown relatively. But I don't believe this offensive line is nearly as significant a problem as most people do. Uh, I'll just put it that way. Like I think when we look at the offensive line play last year, Clearly, they were beat up. I mean, you had Brandon Brooks missing the entire season. Lane Johnson missing a, a large amount of the season. Sayamalu was out. Dillard was out. I mean, they were banged up uh, across that line. But also, I, I just don't think even the backups played as bad as they were made out to, to a play. Like, you watch those games. I mean, you go back and rewatch them. You can do it right now. A lot of that was on the quarterback. And I know, you know, the Carson Wentz defenders don't want to believe that and and don't want to, you know, come to terms with the fact that the quarterback was a massive issue last year, but he was. And I look at the depth this team has in the, has on the offensive line. I like the way a guy like Driscoll played last year. I like the way Nate Herbig played last year. Um, I certainly believe the Eagles will address the offensive line throughout the rest of this draft. I mean, they still do, as of this moment, have, after trading the third-round pick, have nine more selections uh, to make here. Um, but uh, because of the need, the need at receiver, which has been a need for this team for over a decade, I like the idea of trading back from 6-12, to 12, get the first rounder next year, you move up two spots, you give up a third rounder, you get a guy like Devontae Smith. Uh, I think Howie did navigate this thing very, very well. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. 215-592-9494. Bill CJ uh, will get you in 
when we get back. I'm Tom Kelly with you till 2, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP, I'm Tom Kelly. On this draft night, if you want to get in, 215-592-9494. Now, uh, if you stop kind of paying attention after the top 10, as I'm guessing most Eagles fans did, getting reaction uh, on social media, listening to Howie, Nick Sirianni, Andy Wydell speak, I do want to get you caught up on what has happened uh, in the last hour, hour and a half or so since the Eagles picked. At 11, the Chicago Bears, a move I really like for the Bears, uh, they trade up to 11, get Justin Fields. So, you know, their claims about Andy Dalton being the QB1, uh, I, I don't think that's going to be very long. But I think a good move for the Bears to move up, get a young quarterback. Obviously, that is something they have struggled to find for years. So the Bears get Justin Fields. Cowboys, after their trade down with the Eagles, they take the linebacker Micah Parsons from Penn State. Chargers take Rashawn Slater, offensive tackle Northwestern. Jets take Elijah Vera Tucker, um, interior lineman from USC. Uh, the New England Patriots, not a bad scenario for them. I'm not the biggest Mac Jones fan, but you know, for a guy who was rumored to be drafted at three for the Patriots, obviously a quarterback needy team to be sitting at 15 and end up with Mac Jones. Not a bad scenario. So they have their quarterback in waiting behind Cam Newton. May not be waiting very long based on the way Cam played last year. Um, Zaven Collins, linebacker from Tulsa, goes to Arizona. Uh, the Raiders take Alex Leatherwood from Alabama, one of, I believe, six Alabama players taken tonight. Uh, so, um, you know, Alabama continues their run of producing first-round draft picks. Um, Miami takes Jalen Phillips. He's a real interesting case. Uh, a talented edge rusher. Uh, played for Miami last year after, uh, you know, having to leave UCLA. They wouldn't clear him medically. A guy with three concussions um, that I wouldn't have taken that high, certainly. But the Dolphins take their shot with Jalen Phillips. Uh, Jamin Davis, linebacker from Kentucky, goes to Washington. Uh, as we told you earlier, Giants take Kadarius Toney, the receiver from Florida. Certainly the Giants were going to take Smith if the Eagles had not moved in front of them. Um, the Colts take Quiddy Pay at 21. I thought he would have been a reach where he was projected to be between like 10 and 15. But at number 21, not a bad selection for Frank Reich and the Colts. Uh, Caleb Farley, the cornerback with back issues, he ends up going to Tennessee at 22. Christian Darashaw, offensive tackle, Virginia Tech, he goes to the Vikings at 23. Najee Harris, running back from Alabama, goes to the Steelers at 24. Jacksonville, an interesting pick here. I like the player, but maybe a little high here. Travis Etienne, running back from Clemson. He gets reunited with um, with Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville and Urban Meyer, who, that, I mean, Urban Meyer's trying out Tim Tebow at, at tight end now. Is that is that correct, Tucker? Yes. How exciting oh. is that? Yeah, how about that? Urban Meyer, how long does he last there? I don't know. I mean, I find it funny that we're just reuniting all these college players together. Like, like yeah. Lawrence and Etienne are back together again. Waddle and Tua are together in, in uh True. There uh Jaylen. in Miami. You have Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. Whenever Burrow gets back, are gonna be together in Cincinnati. Jalen Hurts, Devontae Smith. Hurts and, and yeah. Smith here in Philadelphia. Like, is that a thing now? Like if you draft one player from a college, you have to draft a buddy. Hey, why not? And and by the way, I mean uh, they mentioned during the press conference, I think Andy Waddle was the one who mentioned it, Jalen Hurts said that Devontae Smith's work ethic is, quote, legendary. So there you go. Uh, Jalen Hurts um, already having a, an immediate impact 
in the Eagles draft room. Um, and, uh, you know, that's an important thing to me. Greg Newsom, by the way, the corner goes to the Browns at 26. But that's another aspect of this that I find very interesting because I think we are all kind of holding our breath as the Eagles pick was coming up. Uh, we were certainly talking about it here at the station during one of the breaks, you know, talking with, with Tucker and Ike and Elliot and Joe during the break in the hallway. We're like, are they, are they going to end up taking a quarterback here? Like, are the Eagles really going to end up taking Justin Fields or Mac Jones? Because you could see it. You know, one of these guys falls to 12. Howie coming at it and being like, hey, you know, we didn't intend to take a quarterback, but the value of this player was just too high that we couldn't pass him up at number 12. And the Eagles ultimately did not do that. And I find that to be telling. Like, maybe they just didn't like Mac Jones. Maybe they didn't like Justin Fields. And, you know, perhaps that's part of the reason they traded from 6-12 to 12 to begin with. But I look at this as a, a vote of confidence in Jalen Hurts here. I mean, this is certainly telling to me for an organization that we know values not just the play of their top quarterback, but the depth of that position and to have guys on this roster that you can feel confident about, not just in the short term, but the long term. It was telling to me that the Eagles did not at all really even consider drafting a quarterback at that spot. Yeah, it's shocking, I think. Yeah, I mean, maybe they wanted to. And like you said, maybe it's a optics a, a saying that they don't like Justin Fields or they aren't a fan of Mac Jones. And maybe it is a vote of confidence in, in Jalen Hurts, but. If you want to take it a step further, what's that say about their feelings about Carson Wentz last year? Yeah. Well, what's it say about when they were in that situation a year ago and they jumped all over it and they were excited, right? I, I remember Doug Peterson clapping his hands and, and fist pumping after making that pick. Well, I think after after this season and what we saw from Carson Wentz, I think it's pretty clear the Eagles had uh, somewhat – I don't think they saw this kind of precipitous decline, but I certainly think that they saw signs of this – you know, whether it was the injuries, whether it was his personality, whether it was, you know, him not getting along with, with people, um, that they saw signs of this coming for a while, and they certainly, uh, you know, wanted to address it and get out in front of it. And um, it's interesting and telling, in my mind, that the Eagles uh, opted not to, to select a quarterback this year when the board was falling that way, where that's something they certainly could have done. 215-592-9494. Let's go to Bill in Pittman. What's up, Bill? Hey, Tom. Thanks for taking my call. No problem. What do you hey, think about the Great job pick? tonight. I, I, I am thrilled that the Eagles moved up and got Devontae Smith. And anybody that doesn't think that that young man's going to be a number one wide receiver in the NFL just simply didn't watch him play this past season at Alabama. I mean, that kid dominated. I mean, and he dominated in the best, most competitive conference in the, uh, you know, college football. And I'm, I, I've got great hopes for that kid with the Eagles. He's going to be a great player for us. Yeah, Bill, and, and that's kind of the difference that I look at between him and Rager because, you know, people who are skeptical of this pick, and, and you know, if you're skeptical of the pick, that's fine, but you'll those people will say, well, under undersized speed guy and Rager, you take another one with Devontae Smith, but – the difference is Jalen Rager didn't have that kind of production in college in a bad conference. Devontae yeah. Smith's production in the best conference in college football w was off the charts. Yeah, yeah, great point. And, hey, can I add something about Mac Jones? Yeah, sure. 
couple weeks ago, I was telling my brother, a couple friends of mine, that the Patriots were going to draft Mac Jones. And, you know, we're sitting there texting tonight as the draft's progressing. And they all started shooting me messages, too. They're going to get their guy without having to trade up. And they did. And I, I think him, I think Mac Jones and the Patriots system is going to be a really good fit. I'm not saying he's the best quarterback in the draft. I think the fit for that kid is going to be really good in New England. Yeah, no, no, I agree, Bill. And I'm not the biggest Mac Jones fan, but, um, you know, taking him at three, the Niners trading up to take him at three, I never thought made a lot of sense. I always thought it had to be either Fields or Lance because I just see the ceiling as being so much higher. But I agree. In the right system, at 15, uh, Mac Jones falling to the Patriots worked out pretty pretty nicely for Bill Belichick. Yeah, hey, great great, uh, show, Tom. Have a great night, buddy. Appreciate it, man. Thanks. Yeah, and that's that's – one pick that uh, I certainly think was a good one for the Patriots. I mean, they needed a quarterback. They needed to address that at some point. And Mac Jones falling to them. I mean, I personally, as I said, I'm not the biggest Mac Jones guy. Out of the five quarterbacks, I would have had him ranked fifth. Um, I'm least enthusiastic about him. But you put him in the right system um, with the right kind of of, of coach, Josh McDaniels, uh, you know, let him run that sort of offense, uh, I think that gives him a good chance to be uh, productive. I never understood the the allure, the appeal to trading up for him at three. Trey Lance is certainly a guy with a much higher ceiling, um, but at 15 for the Patriots, um, that was certainly a good pick for them. 215 592 Let's go to CJ in Texas. What's up, CJ? Hey, so I'm in Texas. Been an Eagles fan my whole life. Had to eat all the Cowboys Super Bowls. You are killing me, literally killing me with all this Howie praise. So you burn up everything. You destroy everything. But you need praise because you made a decent pick. How did he destroy like everything, CJ? I'm, I'm curious what How you mean destroy by everything? That. Yeah. You bring it. Okay. You just say it. Oh, they saw it coming with Carson. You saw it coming with Carson, yet you gave him 100-plus million. I don't believe that. So, okay, that's one. You got rid of the coach, the quarterback. You took a slew of receivers last year, which one was undersized, didn't produce in a, in a conference that had no defense. No, he produced, but he couldn't stay healthy. Couldn't catch. You took a slew of receivers, one in the first round, yet we're taking another one this year. Well, what are we looking at tonight, CJ? What are, well, what are we doing tonight? Are we going to litigate the past, or are we going to look at this pick? What do you think of the Devontae Smith pick? I just said I like the Smith pick. But what I'm <laughs> saying is you don't get heaps of praise for doing something you should have done. So what are we going to do? We're just going to bash Howie forever? Oh, no, 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 no. No, you've been doing this all night. Howie has hid all season. He hid all season. After the Super Bowl, he was everywhere. Getting on the radio every week. Every week. But, oh, this season, he hid. CJ, oh, what? he didn't want to talk at all. What is he didn't Howie, want to talk at all. What is Howie done? He's on, the, he's, on the, he's on the conferences being smug. You talk after you take your first-round pick. Howie does that every year. Like, I, I don't. He's being smug, though. You don't even know if this head coach is even good. Everybody's looking like, what? Every time this dude talks, he's talking like a high school football coach. I hope he's good. I promise I hope he's good. I hope everything promises out. But we got too many ifs. 
if this guy can coach, if this quarterback can actually be a quarterback, do we have an offensive line? What are we going to do about all these older players that we've continued to overpay? We, I know next year we get the money back. But my thing is this. He has made so many bad decisions. You don't all of a sudden for one decent decision, because I'm going to tell you about the first-round pick for next year. He's made horrible picks. So but CJ, but this is but, but this isn't that. this isn't a horrible pick. Like you even agree, this isn't I, a horrible pick. You're right. This wasn't a horrible pick. But what I'm saying to you is this: all of his picks lately have been horrible picks. Yeah, but I, and I get it, CJ. I appreciate the call. But like, this is the problem with how we we analyze Howie's moves. Is you know, are we just going to relitigate the last couple of years forever? Are we going to look forward? Because this isn't just one good move. Like, Howie Roseman has had a tremendous offseason. Like, I, I I, don't know what he has done this offseason that could possibly irritate people. You know, if you were a Carson Wentz person, I'm sorry. Carson Wentz wanted out. Like, he didn't want to play here anymore. Like, I don't know what Howie Roseman's supposed to do about that. The Eagles tried to remedy the relationship. He didn't want to be here anymore. Like, I, I don't know how you can be all that upset. And the Eagles turned that situation into a future first-round pick. Like, Howie Roseman, we can talk about what he did the past couple years forever, but can we evaluate what he's doing now? Because he's going to be here this year. Like, you want Howie fired? Fine. He's not getting fired right now. Will he get fired after this year? Maybe. And does that make you root against the team because you want him to get fired? If that's the way you view it, that's fine. It's not the way I view it. And the way I look at it, how he's had a tremendous offseason with what we can evaluate based on what he's done in the last few months. And the last time he was in this kind of situation, after 2015, he corrected his mistakes and the mistakes that that were made by Chip Kelly, got rid of the players that were eating up this cap, had a solid draft in 2016, got Carson Wentz, which at the time was a good pick, and turned this thing around. That gives me confidence he can do it again. 215-592-9494. I'm Tom Kelly with you till 2, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP, I'm Tom Kelly. In the 12 o'clock hour, we'll talk a lot more about Nick Sirianni and what he had to say about Jalen or uh, Jalen Hurts, Devontae Smith, and how he's going to utilize Devontae Smith uh, in his offense. And, you know, I I liked a lot of the things that I heard from Nick Sirianni. And I've really come around on him in recent weeks here because you can focus on the way he sounds and the fact that he sounds uncomfortable at times in these kind of settings, news conferences. I mean, let's face it, this is a guy who probably didn't face this kind of media attention as the offensive coordinator in Indianapolis. Like, let's face it, it's a much smaller market. It's a much different job when you're the offensive coordinator. You're speaking to the media, what, once a week on Wednesdays or whatever. It's a much different situation. But when you get past that and you actually listen to what the guy has to say, the guy clearly knows football and um, uh, clearly has a plan for this offense and for the players in this offense. And I think that's another thing that's telling, uh, where we talk about how telling it is the Eagles did not draft a quarterback as Justin Fields and Mac Jones both fell into into that territory where the Eagles could have selected one of them or drafted one of them after trading up to number 10. But also telling to me 
that they give Nick Sirianni a weapon off the bat because this, to me, screams like a Nick Sirianni draft choice. Um, And I think he certainly had a lot of say and a lot of input in regards to selecting a guy like Devontae Smith, a a player that Nick Sirianni can personally work with and mold being the wide receiver guru that he is. So we'll talk about that a lot more as far as what Sirianni had to say about how Smith will be used um, in the 12 o'clock hour. 215-592-9494, but getting your reaction to the selection of Devontae Smith. He is the newest Philadelphia Eagle. And will likely be wearing number six, which just that part of it, that's the only thing that really does uh, rankle me tonight. This, Savraka wore number six. Oh, Savraka, that's right, the Australian punter. Uh, you mentioned earlier Sturgis. I think Alex Henry wore number six, too. That's right, he did. Man, some some uh, some all-time not, greats. Not just specialists, but, but crappy specialists. Some special specialists. Yeah. Um, so Devontae Smith will be wearing number six due to this new stupid rule that allows players to wear single digit numbers and well, linebackers wearing number 10 and all this, all this nonsense. Uh, I, I really am not a fan of that. 215-592-9494. Mike in Delaware. What's up, Mike? Hey, uh, Tom. What's up, man? Hey, this is the same Tom Kelly from the, uh, the, uh, Glenn and Ray show. Uh, yes, I did used to uh, produce that program. Yes. Phenomenal. It's such an honor to talk to you, man. I've been listening to your whole broadcast from start to finish. Oh, okay, so, uh, Mike. Thanks, man. It's a total total honor. To, you know, you, you're an incredible broadcast. You've got a very bright future. Um, Thanks. One, one word I would, I would use for this draft is cathartic. Uh, it's cathartic to see a player that I wanted them to draft from the start of the process to now finally get picked. I mean, it's uh, – Last year it was Jefferson. Jefferson was there when we were there, and we passed on him. This year it was Devonta Smith. We traded out of six, and, you know, we still ended up with him. Um, I love the process. You know, we traded back. Pitts wasn't there. Chase wouldn't have been there at six. So it's like, I love it. I love the result. Yeah, no, Mike, that's a huge part of it because, uh, you know, I would have liked it anyway because I like the value of getting a first-round pick next year. But if – you know, the Dolphins drafting at six ended up getting Pitts or Chase. That would certainly be something that would have bothered people considering, you know, Chase, I think, is clearly the best receiver in this draft. I like Devontae Smith a lot, but Chase is just, you know, a freak. Um, Kyle Pitts, we know about him. So if if the Eagles had, had missed on one of those players, I think it would have been tough to take a little bit. But the way this all played out, I mean, it couldn't have played out any better for the Eagles, and, and honestly, for Howie Roseman. He navigated this very well. I Exactly. And uh, listen, I am no Howie Roseman fan at this point, but I got to say, just like you said, incredible navigation uh, because the fact that Jamar Chase, what did he go at five, I think? Or yeah, four? he went five to the Bengals. Pitts went and, four and, to Atlanta. Pitt, Pitts went four. So it's like they weren't – they were never going to be an option at six. Right. So it's like you would have had – you know, you would have been faced – with the uh, decision to trade out. And you saw how da- – did you see how Dallas panicked? Dallas panicked at 10. Uh, the fact that we were able to get them with our lesser third-round pick, we were able to move up into that 10th spot with our lesser third-round pick is incredible. Yeah. We got the player who I wanted all along at 10, and all we had to do was trade the pick that we got from the Colts. No, that's a, that's a great point, Mike, because you're right. Like, Dallas – 
could have re- – they didn't recognize, I don't think, the urgency of the situation. Like, the Eagles uh, desperately needed to get up the 10 because the Giants were going to draft Devontae Smith. And let's face it, I mean, if the Giants draft Devontae Smith, the Eagles are left in a very precarious position at 12 where they're either reaching on a player or have to trade back. And, and you know, the reaction to that certainly would not have been positive. So, yeah, I think Dallas, if they held out, they they may have been able to get more. And, you know, credit to Howie for, for kind of sticking to it there and, and kind of calling their bluff and, and getting it for a price that I don't think is that is that severe. No, I don't think so either, especially since we have our own third-round pick, which is essentially a late second, if right. you think about it. Um, now, Tom, I got to know, when that pick came up at, tw- uh, at not 12, at 10, what was on your mind? Because on my personally, I was thinking Rashawn Slater. I was thinking, oh my goodness, Fields, right? Mac Jones. What were you thinking? Yeah, I'm I, so curious. And I appreciate it, Mike. Thanks for the call. We got to hit the break in a minute here. I was really hoping it was Devontae Smith. Um, not just because I wanted Devontae Smith, but you know, if they traded up and took Rashawn Slater, or uh, honestly, what was going through my mind is, could you imagine if they traded up and took Justin Fields? Like, that was really what was going through my mind. The explosion that would have happened in this town would have been, you know, entertaining for us. Yeah, probably. But, yeah, that that would, I don't think it would have been what's best for the organization. So, um, I think the Eagles made the right move. I was hoping that's what they would do. And in the end, they do take Devontae Smith. 215-592-9494. We will get to all your calls next two hours of the show. Once your reaction to the draft, we'll update you on the last few picks when we get back as well. I'm Tom Kelly, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly with you for another couple hours here on an exciting night, round one of the NFL Draft. Thank you to Tucker Bagley, the Bagman, as Jody Mack likes to call him, for the first couple hours of the show. Uh, Dan Wilson joining now to produce the rest of the program. Uh, very interesting night. If you're just joining us, if you need to get caught up on what happened, in my mind, a great night for the Philadelphia Eagles. As they move up from number 12 to 10 to take Devontae Smith, receiver from Alabama. Uh, speculated about this pick for weeks, whether this is the direction the Eagles would go. Um, this is a team that we've talked about the need at receiver for uh, over a decade now, L- literally over a decade, um, since the Eagles drafted a top-notch receiver. Um, Deshaun in the second round in 08, uh, Jeremy Macklin in the first round in 09, and ever since then, it has been a parade of, of of misfits. Nelson Aguilar, Jordan Matthews, um, you know, Jalen Rager, it's early. J.J. Arthago-Whiteside, I, I don't know. Do you look at the depth chart? I don't know if J.J. Arthago-Whiteside is going to be on this roster this year. Um, I would say at this point it's unlikely. Um, you know, Josh Huff, Riley Cooper, you look at all the ways the Eagles have tried to address this position in the early rounds, middle rounds, late rounds, they have failed. And in this, in this instance, I think they hit a home run. You end up getting the most productive player in college football in 2020. Uh, Devontae Smith's stats last year, off the charts, 117 catches, over 1,800 yards receiving, a shade under 16 yards per catch, a huge yard after the catch guy. Uh, Nick Sirianni was very excited about that during the uh, press conference, talking about he's a big yak guy. Who doesn't love a big yak guy? 
Dan, I mean, you gotta love a, bi- a guy who's big on yak. You right? have to love a big yak guy. I mean, it's, of course, it's, it's all. It's not about what you just. If you can get open and catch the ball, what can you do afterwards? Can you make a move? Can you find the end zone? Find the first down marker? It's all about the yak. Of course. Uh, 23 touchdowns, 2019, over 1,200 yards, 14 touchdowns. This is a dynamic football player. This was arguably the best player in college football last year. Not best receiver, best football player in college football. And the Eagles have struggled to fill this position for so long. This was the guy they needed to get. This is a dynamic, a dynamic playmaker that will be a stud at the NFL level. And I talked about it on my show last week where I asked the audience, what do you want from the Eagles in this draft? What do you want most of all to get out of this draft? And what I wanted was this team not to overthink it. Don't you know, worry so much about a guy's measurables or his size or, you know, the spider graphs, whatever you want to look at. No, get a guy who is a productive football player. Because Jalen Rager last year, this team was fascinated by speed. You know, I think it was Jeff McLean's story where he talked about Jeffrey Lurie seeing the, the Super Bowl broadcast of the Niners and the Chiefs and how those teams were... Uh, so dynamic due to the next-gen stats and the speed that they had on their roster. And Jeffrey Lurie decided, we need speed. And the Eagles decided to draft Jalen Rager over Justin Jefferson because of the speed factor, even though Jalen Rager, in a conference that plays no defense, was not productive. Justin Jefferson was extremely productive in the best conference college football. You look at two years ago. They're so focused on getting a guy who can replace Alshon Jeffrey that they take J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, even though J.J. Ortega-Whiteside just isn't that good of a football player. Devontae Smith, the Eagles, did not overthink it. They just decided, we're going to get a guy who can play football. We're going to get a guy who was productive in college and will translate to the NFL level. And this is a dynamic player. And these other things, focusing on these other uh, intangibles, have burned the Eagles in the past. And I was hopeful that they would course correct, that they would go back to the drawing board, recognize their mistakes, and correct them. And that's exactly what they did. And they were aggressive in doing so. This has consistently been a need. And to move up and do it, and one of the best parts about this, and I've always been, um, you know, I know I'm in the minority on this. Maybe it's the era in which I grew up. But I've always hated the Giants more than the Cowboys. Like, the Cowboys, in my mind, like, I remember the 90s. I was, what, you know, when Cowboys were in Super Bowls, I was like, I don't know, 7, 8, 9, 10 years old. Um, but in my lifetime, the Cowboys have been largely irrelevant. Like, it's the Giants who the Eagles were battling with in the 2000s. Um, they were the teams who were relevant in this division. And for the Eagles to jump in front of Dave Gettleman and Joe Judge and get the guy that they've been targeting for weeks and weeks, oh, it makes me feel so good. It makes me feel so good. The Eagles can go up and get that guy. Now, the Giants trade back, got a decent hole from the Bears. Um, Gettleman did end up trading back, but they end up getting Kadarius Toney. You know what Kadarius Toney is? He's a poor man's Devontae Smith. And the Eagles end up stealing a dynamic player from a division rival. And as far as I see it, 
This is a great night to be an Eagles fan. 215-592-9494. Just want to get you caught up on the last couple picks here. Uh, we left off at 26. The Browns selected Greg Newsom, the cornerback from Northwestern. Ravens take Rashad Bateman, wide receiver from Minnesota. Uh, he's an interesting player um, to put with Lamar Jackson there in Baltimore. Saints take Peyton Turner, defensive end from Houston. Green Bay selects Eric Stokes, corner from Georgia. This one hurts me. The Bills take Gregory Russo, um, edge rusher from Miami. I would have really liked the Eagles to end up with him in the uh, in the second round here. But Russo goes off the board. Jason Owe, defensive end from Penn State, he goes to the Ravens. And Joe Tryon, the edge rusher from Washington, goes to Tampa Bay. So a run on defensive players at the end of the first round. There still are several that should be available to the Eagles in the second round. We will look at that a little later on before we get out of here. Focus on the first round now. But, um, you know, the Eagles should still have some options at 37, possibly some options to move up as well. Um, maybe a little less likely to do that after moving up tonight. Um, but we'll later on examine the options for the Eagles on day two of the draft uh, on Friday. 215-592-9494. Chris in Los Angeles. What's up, Chris? Hey, man. I'm, I'll tell you right now. I, 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 Devontae Smith, I've been I've been looking at this dude for, I would say, months since I've heard about his, his catch, you know, the way he is, the type of player he is. I stopped watching highlights because I didn't want to be let down again. My God, brother. My, my brother recorded a video of me at home out here in L.A., man. I went wild. I literally just came back from the liquor store, man, bought myself a beer. <laughs> there you go. I'm going to drink this thing, bro, and I'm going to enjoy it. Fly, Eagles, fly, man. Go, Eagles, man. Last time I called, we won the Super Bowl. Well, there you That's go, Chris. You. All right, well, I appreciate it. Just want to get in now. Like, this is – I'll tell you what, Dan. This is something we haven't heard from. I had a guy give me an ELG e- – now I'm getting so excited, I can't even spell. An E-A-G-L-E-S chant earlier? Like, it's been a long time since we've had positivity about this organization on this radio station. It's a hell of a feeling. When was the last time, I was really thinking about this, the Eagles had a draft pick. I, it's got to be Carson Wentz, right? That everyone wanted, that everyone could rally around. Like, I'm thinking when they picked Andre Dillard or some of these picks later in the first round right. or last year where everyone wanted Justin Jefferson and they go Jalen Rager instead. When was the last time that, like, the fans' consensus pick and a true difference maker at a skill position was picked? And even with Carson Wentz, everyone knew they were going to get him. Like, this was a surprise and what everyone wanted. It doesn't happen that often. No, it doesn't. And and it's, a, it's just a good feeling to have some positivity surrounding this team. Because, I mean, 2020, and, you know, I've never denied this, 2020 for this team was a, a disaster. Like in pretty much horrible, yeah. In every single way. I mean, the team fell apart. I mean, think about where we were. It's April now. Think about what eight months ago. If you had told me Carson Wentz would be traded, Doug Peterson would be fired. I mean, it it would have been inconceivable. Like I would have bet a large amount of money that those things would not have been true. Um, and everybody's responsible for that. Howie Roseman is responsible Jeffrey Lurie's responsible it's an organizational failure but the only thing you can do now is look forward and look to turn the thing around and this offseason I think in totality has been tremendous and uh the pick in general tonight I I think puts this organization off to a hell of a start in rebuilding this thing after what was a disastrous 2020 let's go to Dave in Atlanta what's up Dave hey well I'm gonna have to be that negativity because oh, I was not on. happy Sorry, 
No, but no problem, we Dave. Have, we have so many defensive needs, it's not funny. Um, you talk about skill players. What what linebacker do we have on this team? No. Well, they signed what Eric Wilson, the, the free agent from Minnesota. He's not a bad player. Yeah. Man, we, you have Michael Parsons there that could be one of the next top linebackers in the league we could have got. You know, we, we, don't get me wrong, I like the trade to get Miami's pick, but that only is any good if they, they really stink next year. You know, you, you had a top six pick. I'm just, I'm not happy about the whole thing. The guy played for Alabama, one of the best teams in the league. Now, hopefully he takes after some of their wide receivers. I just don't, you know, you put up gaudy stats. I, I just don't know. I just, I think we have other needs than what we got there. Well, the thing is, Dave, like, if you wanted to stay at six, what would you have done at six? Because, you know, I, I would have gotten it if, if I would have gotten more of the frustration with that trade down if Kyle Pitts or Jamar Chase were available, but they weren't. Like, what would you have done at six if you were the Eagles? See, now, if I, it was me, I, well, nobody knew this was going to happen. I would have took the, uh, the tackle that dropped. Yeah. Okay. Because I don't like either one. I don't. I'm, I don't like Dillard. Maybe a lot of people like him. I don't. Not big on him. And you know, you don't know what you got from. Uh, I, well, I forget his name now. But I would have took the tackle and then went that route. But nobody knew he was going to be there. Yeah, that yeah, was. I, I'm not. Go ahead, right? Dave. No, go. No, that, I was going to say that was a surprise that Sewell fell for sure. Yeah. I'm not saying I'm, I hate the total pick. I just think we could have did better. We didn't have. We gave Dallas another third round. You know, we gave a third round pick, and we could have either a, you know, got Parsons, and you know, just dealt with the receivers we have this year until next year, when we have three first round picks. I just, I just don't see it. And we still have Ertz on the team, which we haven't dealt. It, it just, it, to me, what have we done this year other than saying? We're going to still stink next year for sure with, you know, what we got. Yeah, no, I hear you, Dave, and I appreciate the call. I just, I don't see it that way. Like, I don't, I don't understand the general view that this team is just doomed to be awful next year. Like, I just don't, I don't think this roster is nearly as bad as we make it out to be, Uh, especially when you look at the lines. And, you know, I get you know, if you would have taken Sewell at number six. Uh, Sewell, I do think, is a legitimate uh, starting left tackle in this league, um, and I think he's going to be a stud. But if Lane Johnson comes back healthy, and yes, that's a big if. Lane has dealt with injuries the last couple of years. I don't think tackle is an immediate need for this team. I just don't. Uh, Lane Johnson, Jordan Mulata, Andre Dillard. Of course, Dillard is a relative unknown. Two years in, we haven't seen much of him. But we know what Lane Johnson is when he's healthy. And I really liked what I saw from Jordan Mulata last year. So I don't think tackle was an immediate need for this team. I actually think the offensive line, even though we talked about how bad it was last year, I personally don't think it was that bad. I think a lot of the issues were made worse by the quarterback holding the ball entirely too long. Um, And I think the offensive line's in pretty good shape, not just – Starting-wise, if Brandon Brooks, Kelsey, Sayamalu coming back, um, but guys like Herbig and Driscoll and Dillard, uh, there's some depth there, and I think the Eagles will add more over the next couple days. You look up front on the defensive side of the ball, I, I again, I think the defensive line is in decent shape. Like, yeah, they're a little older, but Brandon Graham, Derek Barnett, Josh Sweat, um, I think the Eagles 
are likely to add an edge rusher, maybe with number 37 on um, on Friday. And there are some guys there. I mean, Aziz Ojolari, I think it's very surprising he's still on the board. He may get selected before the Eagles are due up on Friday, but that's a guy they could look at to add to the defensive line. You still have Fletcher Cox. You still have Hargrave. You add Wilson to the defense. You add Anthony Harris to the defense. Now you add Devontae Smith on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, I I don't think this roster is the disaster that it's been made out to be. And the last caller also brought up Zach Ertz and the fact the Eagles haven't traded Zach Ertz. I've been on record saying this for a couple weeks now. I wouldn't trade him. Like, I don't understand why, at this point, there is a desire to trade Zach Ertz. The whole point of trading Zach Ertz in the first place was to get under the salary cap. You're under the cap. You you managed to do it without trading Zach Ertz. That is no longer a necessity. And I don't know, at this point, if you're not getting what you deem to be fair value... I wouldn't trade him. I mean, you have a first-year head coach coming in here with what is essentially a first-year quarterback. I mean, Jalen Hurts' second-year quarterback, but um, only started a handful of games. They could use a guy like Zach Ertz on this side, on on the offensive side of the ball. A veteran who is a leader on this team um, can be a security blanket for Jalen Hurts. I wouldn't be in any uh, rush to trade Zach Ertz, and if I was the Eagles. Um, I would I would certainly, if that's what they've been trying to do, I'd reevaluate that situation and look to keep him on this roster. Uh, let's go to Joey G in South Philly. What's up, Joey? Hey, what's going on, man? How's it going? I just want to say, I mean, I've been listening to you for a while on hold here, and I agree with every single thing you said tonight, man. You've <laughs> nailed it on the head. Thanks, man. Um, I am such a huge fan of this pick. I could run through a wall. I am so excited. And I am the biggest Howie hater because I think no matter what he does through free agency or whatever, I think he's just such a terrible drafter that it just sets us up for failure. I'm just so excited to be relieved that we took Smith. And that last caller, he was saying a, I, like everything he said I disagreed with. He said, Ertz, we can't trade Ertz till June 1st. And I'm with you. I would keep Ertz because you're already under the cap, right? Right. He says he would go offensive line. Our offensive line comes back. Maybe he would take linebacker. Linebacker is becoming the running back of the defense. Agreed. It's an overlooked position now that's overvalued. At you know, actually, you know, most teams don't even. You saw Parsons; he fell the past ten this time. To me, the biggest thing that people are overlooking is two things. If I can get it in real quick, sure. Um, Devontae Smith is such a huge piece. I mean, you're you're getting a Heisman winner at ten. Right, and you have you you basically rolling the dice with Jalen Hurts, and you're saying, "Look, man, we want to see this one year." You can tell it's a feeler year because they're loaded next year, so they want to see what they have in him. And to me, that's why I I wanted Smith. Give him a weapon. Let's see what he has. You, you can't roll him out there with Greg Ward and Reger. Give him a weapon, right? To me, number two, the biggest part is you drafted Smith. All the pressure is now off Reger. Rager can now let Smith take all the pressure, and I think he'll be fine. But now you got Rager on the outside not worrying about all the stress level because he's always on Twitter deleting his account. And now he can just be the guy, the second-tier guy. And it, the headspace to me is huge with athletes now. So I love the pick, man. I love everything you said tonight. I seriously agree with everything you said. It's been refreshing. 
Love to hear it. Thanks, Joey. I appreciate it, man. And it's refreshing to hear a Howie hater, you know, be fair about it. I mean, and I get if you don't like Howie, but you got to be fair about it. And and in my mind, this is a good selection. And what what Joey brought up that I think was a, a great point in regards to Rager is this really does take a lot of pressure off Jalen Rager now. And I think that's a big deal. Like, Ortega Whiteside, the criticism has been deserved. I mean, it's two years, and you can just see that this guy just doesn't have the talent necessary. Like, he just doesn't have the talent that is required to play at this level, the talent that is required to be a top selection in the NFL draft. But I think we've been way too fast to just write off Jalen Rager. Like, and I I did not want Jalen Rager last year. Uh, trust me, I, I was doing this exact shift, this exact night last year, and I was bashing the pick because I wanted the Eagles to either trade up for CeeDee Lamb or take Justin Jefferson. So I am not, you know, a Jalen Rager guy, but I think this absolutely puts you in a better position to maximize Rager and resurrect Rager, where now you have Devontae Smith along with Jalen Rager, and it does take a lot of pressure off of him, and you also can't, you can't underrate the Nick Sirianni impact on this as well, where, you know, I think Nick Sirianni comes in here and we all just assumed Nick Sirianni's not going to have any say over the Eagles draft. He's not going to have any input. Uh, this pick screams Nick Sirianni. And you now give your two young receivers over to Nick Sirianni. And um, he comes in here as a wide receiver Guru, that's what he that's what he does. I mean, you hear the stories of him with the Chargers and a guy like Keenan Allen raves about him and talks about how much better Nick Sirianni made him. Nick, Nick Sirianni stepped in and coached him hard and made him a better player. You now allow Nick Sirianni to get with Devontae Smith, get with Jalen Rager, and make them better players. I really think uh, it makes a lot of sense. And... Um, I do think this will help maximize Rager. So in many ways, you're not only getting a good first-round pick this year, I think you're also improving your first-round pick of last year by taking pressure off of him and pairing him with another first-round receiver. You can argue that taking receivers in the first round two straight years isn't a great use of your resources, um, but I only think it makes both of them more likely to succeed. 215-592-9494. If you want to get in, 215-592-9494. Ryan, Mike, Justin, all you guys on hold. We will get to the phones uh, when we get back. I'm Tom Kelly, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP, I'm Tom Kelly. If you want to get in, 215-592-9494. For talking about the Eagles selection of Devontae Smith. And just talking about it with Dan Wilson during the break. Um it is so great, this part about moving up and getting the guy the Giants wanted. And it, I brought it up earlier, but Dan also brought it up during the break, is how great is it that you keep the Giants out of the playoffs, right, by tanking in Week 17. And then Joe Judge throws his little temper tantrum. How unfair it is we don't make the playoffs at 6 and friggin' 10. Like, you're 6 and 10, dude. You have no right to complain about anything. You're 6 and 10, and you're complaining that 
checks notes, the Philadelphia Eagles didn't help you out? Like, come on. Right. That's la- it's such a loser's mentality. Like, come on. It's, it's so lame. It is. It's ridiculous. And then what's so great about it, so the Eagles getting that pick that they got by tanking that game, they trade to move back and then move back up in front of you. So basically, the Eagles, you know, screwed the Giants twice. And, like, very directly screwed. Like oh, they, yeah. Like, so close they could taste the playoffs and so close that all the Giants fans could smell Devontae Smith and the Eagles just swooped in both times. And it's it, great. It's what I never got about, like, Eagles fans who were outraged about the Eagles tanking that game. Like, People why? need to get off their high uh, horse of, like, oh, it's a, it's against the integrity of the game. Well, well, guess what? They got Devontae Smith. So if you're not happy with that because the integrity of the game – so it's the same people who don't like the Sixers tanking. Well, this well this is the part of it that I don't get because, like, I don't understand the the hatred for the Cowboys being so much more than the Giants. Because if the Eagles did that, the Cowboys everybody would have celebrated it. Like, if the Eagles had tanked Week 17 and kept the Cowboys out of the playoffs, oh my, it would have been the best thing in the world. But because it was the people, I guess, don't have the same hatred for the Giants. Now that's ridiculous. Like any team, it helped the Philadelphia right. Eagles, and it just. The byproduct of that was it screwed the Giants. Good for them. And let's face it, the football team is the is the least of the Eagles' rivals here. Well, I mean, they're just consistently mediocre, right? So you 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 tank the game on national TV. You make Giants fans watch and grovel. And and I'm texting, um, you know, my cousin's husband tonight, who is a giant big Giants fan, and you know he's going. Oh, I didn't want Devontae Smith anyway. Like, okay, oh yeah, yeah. of course. I'm, I'm, I'm sure you didn't want him. The only yeah. reason that got so much attention, by the way, is because it was on Sunday Night Football, and NBC thought for some reason the Eagles would be motivated to win that game. Like, right. It was just a bad national TV product. That's not the Eagles' problem. No, of course not. And the Eagles, you tank, you keep the Giants out of the playoffs, now you go up and get the guy they wanted. It's beautiful. It really is When, when the Eagles win a Super Bowl with Devontae Smith, Nate Sudfeld deserves a well, ring for all of this. Easy. Let's, let's I'm, I'm dial it saying. back a little bit. Yeah. Let's start with, let's start with a, a playoff berth. When they get the we'll playoff berth, there. Nate Sudfeld deserves some credit the, here. There, there you go. <laughs> 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. What your thoughts on the selection? Let's go to Ryan in Denver. What's up, Ryan? Hey, man. So uh, how you doing, Jim? Uh, Tom, but uh, I'm doing good, Ryan. Oh, sorry, Tom. Anyway, so um, I'm looking at this uh, draft turnout, and um, so we got Devontae Smith. I'm very happy about that. I'm looking back. um, I think that a lot of people were interested in Sertain and uh, Thorne, right? So um, those guys went a little earlier than anticipated. Yep. And I think it was a great move to uh, move up and and grab uh, Devontae Smith. Um, I think it's I think it's pretty interesting too that uh, the Denver Broncos selected um, Patrick Sertain because yeah they just signed Teddy Bridgewater but he the Broncos was also on the short list for Aaron Rodgers. So I'm wondering about that pick because I'm here in Denver and the Broncos media is talking a lot has been talking a lot the last couple of weeks that um that uh Bridgewater is gonna be the backup and that they're looking for a starter. And George Payton, the GM, even said uh that they were looking for a quarterback in this draft. Mm-hmm. So the fact that they didn't pick a quarterback in this draft makes me think, do they have something going on right now? Uh to Grab Aaron Rodgers. I mean, they. I mean, so are you a Broncos fan, Ryan? 
No, sir. I'm okay. Eagles okay. Fan. Now, I, I mean, if I was a, a the Broncos, I'd be looking to get Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I mean, Mark Schlereth reported a deal was close earlier tonight. Now, a bunch, bunch of people came out and refuted that. Um, so I, I'm not sure. Uh, and you know, maybe it, it, it is telling that Denver didn't draft a quarterback because if if they weren't going to get Aaron Rodgers, I mean, I personally. I'm not a big fan of Teddy Bridgewater or Drew Locke. I would have taken Justin Fields if I was Denver, but uh, if I was Denver, exactly. I would be doing everything I possibly could to get him. Yeah, right. So, uh, so, so Broncos don't pick a quarterback. Um, they've got to have something in the works. Um, but anyway, we're talking about Eagles. Uh, I think I think that um, with J.C. Horn and um, Sertain being gone, I think that this was the best move that Howie could have made. You know, and I think that for once, how we made the move that the fans would have made, and I'm really happy about that because, yeah. you know, he 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 loves he loves to get cute with things, and we've seen that in 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 the last couple of drafts. But tonight, he made the move that I think that most of the people that would have called on to your show right now would have made. Yeah, no, I don't disagree with that, Ryan. I appreciate the call, and and it's an interesting thing because I don't think it's. I mean, obviously, it's not good practice typically to do what the fans want. Like you, you, there's always that saying: you do what the fans want, eventually you'll be sitting with them. And I get that that thinking, and in general, I agree with it. But I'm driving, I'm driving in tonight, um, and I'm listening to the draft show, and I thought Elliot made a really good point in regards to this draft and the Eagles needing to come out of this draft with the fans feeling positive about it. Like, there has been so much negativity surrounding this team, really, from the start of 2020. Like, from the minute that season started, whether it was the play of Carson Wentz, whether it was the play calling of Doug, whether it was, you know, the 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 Rager pick and the draft class and um, people wanting Howie out and the whole Jalen Hurts situation, it's been really eight months of constant negativity surrounding this organization. And I don't think the Eagles made this pick just because it would make the fans happy, but it's certainly (laughs) a positive, uh, you know, a positive offshoot of it. Like it's certainly something that helps the perception of this organization moving forward. And they were in desperate need of a win here. Like they were in desperate need of some positive coverage, some just positivity within the fan base. And even though, like, I have felt good about this offseason, like, I think in general, Howie Roseman, the Eagles organization, has done a good job this offseason of making the best of a bad situation. I think with the Wentz thing, they made the best of a bad situation and ended up getting good value from the Colts. Um, Not everybody felt that way, though. A lot of people were upset that it got to the point where Carson had to be traded. Um... The trade down, I liked. I thought it's good value to get a first-round pick for next year. Gives you a lot of options moving forward. But again, that's a move that was controversial that, you know, a lot of people also felt the opposite way and didn't support. So this team was in desperate need of some positivity and in desperate need of a win. And let's face it, um, trading down and selecting an offensive lineman or uh, which which honestly I think probably would have been the move if the Eagles didn't move up to get Devontae Smith, it would have just been more negativity. And 
I think this is an organization that, from a perception standpoint, really couldn't absorb that right now. And in that respect, um, I, you know, do I think the Eagles t- made this pick because the fans wanted it? No. But do I think that they are, are pleased with the fact that the general reaction of this pick will be positive? Yeah, I think they certainly value that, and I think they certainly felt that was a necessity um, after the negativity they've dealt with over the last eight months. Uh, let's go to Mike in Flemington. What's up, Mike? Hey, what's going on, man? How you doing? Thanks for having me on. No problem. Um, so I, I'm going to be difficult here. I'm going to be a lot different than the callers and you. I, I couldn't disagree more. Uh, I call a lot into Joe on the uh, night show as well. And we, I called him and we were talking about how we did not want Devontae Smith at 12. And, and, and here's – it's not just that we didn't want him. It's, it's how it played out. So we trade up two spots, right? And why do we trade up two spots and take a wide receiver? We took a wide receiver because we, we drafted a bad one last year. And we all know we should have taken Justin Jefferson. You even said it. So now we're making amends for mistakes last year. And now all of a sudden, like, you're talking about how this is going to take the pressure off Jalen Rager. Let's face it. Uh, Ray Didinger said it a million times. Jalen Rager doesn't get open. That's it. He doesn't get open. He's supposed to have all this speed. He doesn't get open. He's a buck. Done. Let's move on from him. Then you're celebrating how we move in front of the Giants. Look at what the Giants did. Look at what we could have had. We stayed put, right? Giants take Devonta Smith, and then we trade with the Bears, and we have four first-round picks last next year, and we're at picking at 20 where we take a corner, we take a lineman, whatever it is, or trade back again. This team has so many glaring holes. We need more picks. And then we're giving a pick to a division rival, our most hated rival, give them another third rounder so they can go and take the guy they were going to take anyway. And then also... Well, Mike, I'll I'll say this. I don't think... I mean, maybe Dallas would have taken him. Dallas, they were going to take Sertan, and Dallas, you know, got kind of caught with once Sertan got in. Here's my biggest thing, and and this is just, it had Lori and Howie. This is not Nick Sirianni. This is Lori and Howie just trying to put their nonsense up in everybody else's business. But my biggest thing is, this guy is 165 pounds soaking wet. He is going to get hurt on the first Zoom call playing rock, playing rock paper, scissors. Mike, but I mean, it's not going to stay healthy. Mike, he's not all. Not all small receivers get hurt in the NFL. Like, Tyreek Hill, is he hurt a lot? Here's my last question for you. Deshaun Jackson, early in his career, was he hurt a lot? Give me a comparison to another wide receiver, 165 pounds, that succeeded in the NFL. Or even a Heisman receiver, maybe Tim Brown. But, like, you look at Desmond Howard stunk. All these speed guys are small and they're hurt. Just like Jalen Rager missed multiple games. Just like Deshaun Jackson. Mike, Deshaun, Deshaun is – you're talking about a guy that's been in the league for a decade. Deshaun was not hurt yes. a lot early in his career. Yes, he just he was. wasn't. No, he wasn't. You, did you watch back in the day when Deshaun was on the team? He was yeah. lowered and in the playoffs because corners were pressing him. He couldn't get off the coverage. Just like what's going to happen at Devonta uh, Smith. This is a terrible pick. It's going to come back to bite him. They have no, like, if you're going to trade up, you trade up to get Jamar Chase. Like, yeah, four, four but Mike, what you got to look at the cost? Like, what would that have cost? 
Well, Hurts sucks too. Mike, like Hurts has played three games. I appreciate the call, Mike. But what, like, yeah, obviously, in a perfect world, you're going to trade up for Jamar Chase. What would that have cost you to trade up for Jamar Chase? And if you were at six, you wouldn't have been able to trade up for Jamar Chase because the Bengals were going to take him. They were going to take him the entire time. Um, you know, so I, I don't think that's fair. And no, when you look at Deshaun Jackson, he was not injured frequently early in his career. He wasn't. And, you know, the fact that saying can't, I mean, didn't make plays in the playoffs. I mean, am I the only one that saw him catch a go-ahead touchdown in the NFC Championship game in 2008? Like, did that not happen? Um, Deshaun Jackson was very productive early in his career here. Um, he was a guy who was not hurt frequently. And, uh, you know, the, the injuries with him started later in his career. The Tyreek Hill is not a guy who's injured all that frequently. Like, Devontae Smith, does he have the speed those guys have, that that kind of elite speed? I wouldn't necessarily put him in that class, but this isn't a guy that was injured in college. And the one point that, that, that he made that I thought is a legitimate one, and there's a legit argument to be made for it, is you sit at 12 and you do the trade with the Bears and trade down, but let's not act like that would have been a move that was received favorably. <laughs> like, the Eagles would have been gotten, getting killed if they did that. Oh, they're stockpiling more picks. They don't just take a player. You know, uh, people would have wanted Devontae Smith. And I'm not telling you that would have been the worst scenario long term. I mean, if you got the hole that the Giants got, I don't think it would have been a terrible move. But let's not not act like that would have been a move that was, um, you know, praised because it wouldn't have been. And, you know, I disagree with the assessment of Devontae Smith. I think he's a legitimate difference maker. And I do think he's going to make Jalen Rager a better player. Certainly. I mean, you you take the pressure off him. you got legitimate receiving options now. you got Goddard at tight end. I think, I mean, as I said earlier, I would keep Zach Ertz. I don't understand this desire to trade Zach Ertz now. And this is a team that I look at the roster. I expect them to get better over the next couple of days. A little later on, we'll go through the options at 37. The Eagles are going to get a good defensive player. At 37, like, there are a lot of really intriguing names there. Um, I think this is a team that can compete for the division next year. Am I being overly optimistic? I mean, maybe, but I don't know. I I don't believe in any team in this division. I just don't. Like, I don't believe in Washington. They don't have a quarterback. I don't believe in the Giants. They don't have a quarterback. They're poorly run. They're poorly coached. Uh, They won six games last year. They won a, a parade for it. And Dallas, we all know Dallas disappoints every year. So I don't see a team with all these glaring holes. And, uh, you know, bottom line, if Nick Sirianni can coach and Jalen Hurts can play, this team's not going to be bad next year. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. Costanzo, Kyle, Andrew, all you guys are first. We've got all you guys in the next segment. I'm Tom Kelly, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP, I'm Tom Kelly uh, with you for another hour plus here till 2 a.m. And one of the big, I mean, really, it is the big storyline to come out of of Thursday. And it has, you know, not really to do with any of the selections that were made Thursday night. But um, the fact that Aaron Rodgers apparently wants out of Green Bay and, you know, an update on that situation um and where it stands right now, Packers just held a press conference. And 
Their general manager, uh, Brian Gutekunst, says we are not going to trade Aaron Rodgers. So we'll see how that situation develops. Obviously, you know, just because a GM says something like that, it doesn't mean a ton. I mean, Howie Rosen referred to Carson as one of the fingers on his hand um, after the season, and, and a few weeks later, Carson was gone. So Aaron Rodgers clearly wants out of Green Bay. Um, well, apparently that's a reporting um, initially from, um, I forget who, uh, Schlereth. Or Schefter or Schlereth? Schlereth was the guy who said he might be going to Denver. Okay, so, gotcha. Yeah. Schefter initially reported it. Jay Glazer uh, re- confirmed a little later on. So we'll see how that all plays out. Um, but Aaron Rodgers, for the time being, Packers uh, digging in and saying they will not be trading Aaron Rodgers. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. Want your reaction to the Eagles selection, Devontae Smith. And, hey, if you want to get in and talk about uh, later on tonight at this point um, with the second and third round, Eagles trade one of their third-round picks. They still have the better of their third-round picks. Also, number 37, which is a such a valuable pick, um, the sixth or the fifth selection, I believe, in the second round. Uh, and there's going to be some good players there. We'll get to that a little later on. But if you want to get to uh, give your opinion on what you would like to see the Eagles do with that selection, uh, you're welcome to get in on that as well. Let's go to Costanzo in Havertown. What's up, Costanzo? Yeah, what's up, sweetie? How are you? Um, what's going on, man? Uh, it's Tom, dude, by the way. So, dude, I'm absolutely, sweetie. That's I'm, an, I've never been called that before. Wait, your name's Tresha, right? Uh, no, it's Tom. We'll, we'll let you go, Costanzo. I mean, I've never been called Sweetie on the air before. That was a new one. That, I've been that, called, I've been called some, some different things, you know, ne- never Sweetie before. That's actually, yeah, which is probably one of the more endearing things that I'm yeah. guessing you're referring well, thanks, to. Thanks, Costanzo. I, I appreciate it. Uh, let's go to <laughs> Kyle Mays Landing. What's up, Kyle? What's up, man? How's it going? Not bad. How are you? Good. How you doing? What'd you think Good, of the pick? man. I'm honestly surprised that I was happy with it. Um, I was big on Sertan or J.C. Horn, and um, they were picked earlier than what I thought. Like, I would have been mad if uh, the Cowboys got one of them and we missed out. But because the Cowboys didn't get them, they were picked before the Cowboys, and we were able to, you know, move up and take the Cowboys pick. Yeah. Um, I I was honestly happy with the Devontae Smith pick. Like, I – didn't want Devontae Smith. I wanted, you know, in the sixth, if we had the sixth pick, I wanted, you know, uh, Kyle Pitts or um, Jamar, Jamar Chase. Chase. They wouldn't have been there, yeah. Yeah, and they wouldn't have been there, so I'm cool with that. And then, you know, for us to move up to 10 and those two cornerbacks be gone and get Devontae Smith, I was, I was very happy with that. Yeah. I, I didn't think I would be happy with the Devontae Smith pick, and I honestly was. Yeah, no, it was. I, I think it was a good pick, Kyle. I appreciate the call. And, yeah, I think, I mean, it was a big surprise, the two corners, especially Horn. Horn going at number eight. Horn going before Sertan was shocking to me. Like, I I thought Patrick Sertan was far and away the best corner in this draft. And, and I said it the other night. Like, I went into this draft at number 12 thinking of it from this perspective with the Eagles. There were four players that realistically you maybe could have gotten to 12 that I would have been okay with. Um, and they were Jalen Waddell, Devontae Smith, 
Patrick Sertan and J.C. Horn. Um, Waddle and Sertan, uh, you know, I I thought were long shots. I I really didn't think there was much of a chance either of them would fall to 12. Um, Devontae Smith had been mocked to the Giants for a while. There's a lot of buzz around him with the Giants for a long time. Um, But I thought there was a chance that he gets a 12. Maybe the Giants take Parsons, somebody else at 11. Um, J.C. Horn, I thought, was going to be the guy there, most likely there at 12. Uh, If it was between Smith and Horn, I would have taken Smith. Uh, But, you know, if Smith had gone to the Giants, I thought, worst case scenario, J.C. Horn would be there at 12. And you were kind of sweating it out when – when Pitts and and Chase go four five, you know, and then Waddle goes six to de- to Miami. That's when we started sweating it out back here. As I was saying, I was you know, watching the draft during breaks with Ike and and Joe and Elliot. We're kind of looking at it, and Waddle goes sixth, and then Horn goes eight, Sertan goes nine. We're all kind of saying this this isn't looking good because. If Devontae Smith goes 11, uh, that kind of leaves the Eagles in no man's land. Like, what would they have been able to do at 12 that would have been a move that made sense for them? Like, Rashawn Slater, I, I think that's a little high for him. He ends up going 13. And again, I I don't see tackle as like this massive need for this team. Um, Elijah Vera Tucker, are you really going to take an interior offensive lineman at 12? It really would have left you in a position where... I think the only realistic option would have been to, to try to trade back, um, try to move back and and get a lesser player later on. But I really commend the aggressiveness of Howie Roseman. And, and he said, we stuck to our board and we, you know, out of the tier of players that they had, Devontae Smith was the last guy in that tier. And as much as I like moving down typically. I like the idea of moving down, acquiring more picks. We have talked so much about the Eagles desperately needing to get a difference maker out of this draft, out of the first-round pick. They needed to. Um, and while accumulating assets is is good, at some point, you need to get a difference-making player. And in this instance, I think moving up to get a guy like Devontae Smith was certainly a better option than moving down um, and accumulating more draft assets. Let's get to Andrew in Bordentown. What's up, Andrew? What's up, Tom? How's it going? Good. I'm doing good. Um, so my thing is two quick points. Um, as one of the other callers said, I was a Howie hater, and I think he did a good job by getting us an asset in another first round next year and still getting a difference maker on the offensive side of the ball. But then again, it comes back to the point of me, though, like it's almost – it's like it's, it's putting out a fire that you started. So, like – how much credit are we really going to give him? Because granted, like he and he did the smart thing by not trying to be the smartest guy in the room and try to outsmart everyone, but he did the right thing. And it wasn't like the outlandish thing. He did the common thing, the right thing. And but like my thing is, you started this fire. How much credit are we really going to give you? Did you listen to other people in the room, or did, was it actually your choice the time to take this guy at this at this pick? Well, that and I get that, Andrew. But but at at what point do we stop looking back and look forward and, and you know evaluate things on on how they're going presently? And I get if you're frustrated with you know the mistakes how he's made and the drafts and stuff like that. But I mean, what do you think of what he's done this off season? Like, I don't think oh, it's no. just been tonight. I think all off season he's done a pretty good job. No, he 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 definitely has, and I think he definitely has. But almost um 
and I don't want to look at it as it was, but like even with the 2017 offseason, I refer that to as the kid in the bad news bears in right field who stuck his glove out and caught a ball and said, oh, sh- oh, oh, da- oh man, look what I caught. Right. That's why I refer to that as, but I feel like it's, I need the consistency within the GM spot. Like, I don't want an up and down season where one year it's like he's the worst GM, and then it's like, oh my God, he made moves, but he made moves to fix the problems he created, though. Yeah, no, again, I. Again, I'm, I'm, I will commend him for this. He, he, he did do a good job. He got us an asset for next year, and he still got us a Heisman winner, and what I believe will be a game, a game changer on offense. He did. I'll commend him, but. I don't know. I just wish we there's a little more consistency with him. No, I get it. No, and that's fair, Andrew. Certainly, I appreciate the call, and that's fair. But again, this is this is a, and I think this is something that we that that some people are incapable of doing with Howie Roseman is evaluating him fairly. Like, and that's the thing. Like, you can bash him for the mistakes that have been made, and I, and even as somebody who is largely a supporter of Howie Rosen. I think he's a good executive. I, I really do. And I am glad that Jeffrey Lurie elected to keep him and not get rid of him this uh, this past offseason. But I recognize the mistakes that he's made. Like, certainly. The drafts the last couple of years have been awful. There's no sugarcoating that. Um, some of the contracts given out have been uh, really bad. But you can't just point to that and then look at 2017 and say, oh, he just got lucky. Like, no, it wasn't luck. Like, 2016 and 2017 were tremendous off-seasons. Like, that team did not come together by accident. They came together, that that came together because, in large part, Howie Roseman built a tremendous roster. Built a tremendous roster with great play on both sides of the lines, best offensive line in football, one of the best defensive lines in football that got to the quarterback at a, a very high rate, you know, had um, a quarterback who at the time was a dynamic player that you traded up for in 2016, made some tremendous additions in free agency in 16 and 17, whether it be Brandon Brooks or Rodney McLeod or uh, Alshon Jeffrey, um, you know, Torrey Smith. That team was built, and that team was not built by accident. And that's all I'm asking here. Like, if we're going to bash Howie for all the negatives, you also got to give him credit for the positives. Because he does have a lot of positives. And he does do a lot of things well. And trades are a big part of it. And salary cap management is a big part of it. And the salary cap management, past couple years, hasn't been great. But look how quickly he's been able to work his way out of it. You have a team... That, first of all, I don't think is going to be awful in 2021. And you go into next offseason with three first-round draft picks, a boatload of cap space, and the ability to really turn things around quickly. So when we judge Howie Roseman, can we judge him fairly? And I'm wondering, if you are a Howie hater, which I know there are many in this town. I'm excited to talk to to John Johnson at 2 a.m. I know John's a Howie hater. And John told me if the Eagles got Devontae Smith, you know, it would be a good result. So I'm curious if you're a Howie hater, has your mind changed at all on him after what happened Thursday night? 215-592-9494. I'm Tom Kelly, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly with you for another hour here. And... The Eagles hit Devontae Smith uh, with the 10th overall pick trade up two spots 
from 12 to 10, give up number 84 um, in the third round uh, to move up. Still number 37 and number 70 on day two of the draft. And this is part of what, what is really great for the Eagles is the way the draft ended up shaking out on um, Thursday night following them. You know, a lot of defensive players early, but then, you know, a lot of offensive players, quarterbacks, offensive linemen, um, a couple defensive players go, but two running backs go, um, another receiver in Rashad Bateman, and you look at where the Eagles are right now, there's still a lot of good players of available to them uh, at this number 37 pick, and uh, I'll throw a few out there for you right now, because after drafting a receiver, I think it's a pretty safe bet that the Eagles go in defense here with this um, second-round pick. Now, you got Jeremiah Owusu-Karamoa, who was a, an off-ball linebacker from Notre Dame. Um, I don't know if the Eagles go there. I, I think there are more valuable positions than linebacker. It's kind of why I wouldn't have taken Micah Parsons. Uh, as high as, as the Eagles were drafting, that's who Dallas ended up selecting at number 12. Um, maybe the Eagles go there, but linebackers, I, I just think, are, are tough to take uh, that early. But in that spot in the second round, the Eagles like him a lot. Uh, playmaker, possibly they go that route. Um, Trayvon Morig, safety from TCU. I thought he was going to be a first-round selection. I was surprised he didn't go in the first round. Obviously, the Eagles have a long-term need at safety. Um, Anthony Harris, they signed on a one-year deal. I think that is an option for the Eagles. Um, you know, uh, you look down the list here, Aziz Ajilari, uh, edge rusher from Georgia. He was projected to be a first-round pick. He could be there for the Eagles. That's another need with Brandon Graham getting older, Derek Barnett going into the last year of his deal. Um, another guy, uh, Asante Samuel Jr., uh, we know his father, played here um, for uh, several years from 07 to 2011. Um, a little smaller, but a really good player who you put across from Darius Slay. Hopefully he could be a starting corner for you for the next five to ten years. Uh, the guy I really like, though, is Christian Barmore. Um, defensive tackle, another Alabama guy who you could bring in here. He could rotate with, with Javon Hargrave, Fletcher Cox, maybe be your heir apparent to Fletcher Cox. Obviously not at that level uh, of a player, but this is a, a big, talented defensive tackle who can do a lot of things. Um, and, you know, I, I, I really like the defensive options that are there for the Eagles. Ronnie Perkins, another D-tackle, um, slash edge rusher from Oklahoma. Um, you know, and then if you look at the offensive side of the ball, uh, you know, Tavon Jenkins is, is an offensive tackle, could be available. Um, Javante Williams, a talented running back from North Carolina. Uh, I think the Eagles would be inclined to go defense, but uh, there are going to be a lot of options there, and they're in a good position, not only after getting Devontae Smith, but they're in a good position to add a quality player, likely on the defensive side of the ball, with that 37th overall pick as well. So um, as we sit here uh, at 110 on Friday morning, I really like where the Eagles are at. 215-592-9494. Let's go to Lou in the Northeast. What's up, Lou? Yo, Lou. Let's put Lou back on hold. We'll go to Michael in North Carolina. What's up, Michael? Yeah. Yo, what's up, Michael? Hey, how's it going, sir? Good. How are you? 
All right. Uh, yeah, I want to talk about, uh, I think that um, how we did the right move uh, with the Devontae uh, Smith pick. I really, really love that pick. Um, but what I want to ask you about is, um, do you think they have any interest in Asante Samuel Jr. Um, in the second round? Yeah, uh, Michael, I think they could absolutely have interest in Asante Samuel Jr. I, I mean, corner is a need for this team, clearly. I think they yes. were interested yes. in Sertan or Horn, and if Devontae Smith was gone and Sertan or Horn were there at 12, I think the Eagles may have selected them. But, yeah, I mean, corner is a big need, and, and that's a guy I'd certainly consider uh, in the second round. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was just wondering, uh, was it, you know, what they you know, have they shown any type of interest in him or – because that's who I, you know, I would like to see them pick in the second round. Right, yeah. No, I hear you, Michael. I appreciate it. I I don't know the level of interest the Eagles have shown in him, um, but I'd be interested in him. I mean, he, he was a productive player at Florida State. Obviously, you know, the relationship is there uh, with with the family. Um, Asante Samuel, I, I don't believe he left Philadelphia on, on bad terms or anything. I mean, he the Eagles made a dumb trade to replace him in the starting lineup. With DRC for Kevin Cobb, like it, it's funny looking back. Remember how excited we were that offseason? Eagles sign Namdi, trade for DRC when Asante Samuel was the best corner on the team. Yeah, it's like but the, the annoying part about Asante was he would always try and jump the route, which when it worked, he was great for interceptions, but he would let receivers get deep on him. I don't know enough. I'd have to watch you know more tape on Asante Jr. to know whether he plays similar to that or not. But a lot of people are high on him. I could see the Eagles doing it for sure. Yeah. And, you know, uh, Asante, I think Asante was probably the last, like, playmaking corner the Eagles have had. Like, well, they, that's the other thing is right. now every other corner just tries to play in coverage, and we thought we were going to get a bigger playmaker in Darius Slay, and he was disappointing last year. Right. I mean, look at the corners we've had, the Eagles have had since Asante Samuel. Um, some have been okay, but none of them playmakers. I mean, you look at... Well, Namdi was a disaster. DRC didn't play well here. I mean, you're talking about guys like Carrie Williams and Byron Maxwell. And honestly, I mean, I like Jalen Mills. I thought Jalen Mills was a better player than he got credit for. But he wasn't a playmaking corner. I mean, Ronald Darby, Asante Samuel was the last playmaking corner the Eagles have had. You were talking about receiver always being a need for this team. It feels like corner is like the 1B, like always a need also. It's those two positions they can never get right. Yeah, and I think that's an area the Eagles look at, but judging by their history, I think it's more likely they probably look at at, at, at a pass rusher, like a defensive lineman, um, you know, whether Ojalari's there or, or Barmore on the inside. And Trayvon Mo Trayvon Morig, man, he's a safety. I know that's not typically as valuable position as corner, but this this guy's a first round player. Like I am shocked he did not go on Thursday. They have to come out of this draft with the corner. Like I can't take another year of Avante Maddox. Like there has to be another corner that they start next to Slay. Yeah, I just think if it comes down to Samuel or Morig, I'm taking the better player, and I think Morig's the better player, but. We'll see. It's going to be interesting, but there will. The bottom line is there are going to be good players available, whichever route they decide to go here. Two one five five nine two nine four nine. Let's go to our buddy Matt and Hamilton. What's up, Matt? What's up, Tom? How are you? Good. How you doing, man? I'm okay. Uh, you know, I call in on the overnight show all the time, and I. But uh, I'm going to politely disagree with you this time. Sure. Not like that one. Not like that one caller. But <laughs> no problem. You know, I don't think Devontae Smith is going to. I think Howie outsmarted himself, reverse psychology again, but because he had to, and he took the safe pick to 
Tyreek Hill's the fastest guy in the league right now. Yeah. And and I don't think I mean you can he might be a Pro Bowl a couple of years, but I, I guarantee you I will buy you a Tom Kelly flag Irish flag jersey that he's going to be a Hall of Famer. Okay. Well, that's I mean uh, Matt, a Hall of Famer. I mean that's a pretty high bar. Let, like, can we can we talk about maybe being like a Pro Bowler or just, something I like mean, that? You're, you're, you're saying look at Tyreek Hill. Like, I mean, I don't mean to yell. I'm just saying you're saying look at look at success Tyreek Hill is at. And last time we drafted a small wide receiver was Deshaun Jackson, and he didn't help us win a Super Bowl. So, I mean, he, he got injury prone to the last time we brought him around. I mean, I, I give you credit. He did have some success. He did have great success when he was with us for a little while. You know, I would have, I would have traded back. I would have taken Greg Newsom the second. Like, like if we traded like the Giants did, I would have taken Greg Newsom the second or Bateman because Bateman and Hollywood Brown are going to be great together in Baltimore. That's what I would have done. I would have taken Greg Newsom and then maybe taking even Asante Samuel. Then you, you, you're surefire on your cornerback position with those first two picks. But I just I just think the kid's undersized, and I kind of agree with that one at Mad Caller. I just – I don't know, man. I And I just want to leave you with this. I know I said too much, but Shailene Woodley is my top five, and he's Aaron Rodgers' uh, future fiancé. Yeah, there, there you go, man. I appreciate it, man. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks for man. the call. Take it easy, man. Um. Yeah, and I, I mean, I get it. And when I was comparing Devontae Smith, Tyreek Hill, and, and Deshaun, I was more comparing them as far as the injury concerns because, you know, I, I don't think it's fair to just say Devontae Smith's small, he's going to get hurt. Like, that's not always the case. Tyreek Hill doesn't get injured a lot. Deshaun, and I'm telling you, I mean, yeah, Deshaun, since coming back, like, that turned out not to be a smart move to bring Deshaun back, and it was one of Howie's mistakes. It was a big mistake. Certainly. You rely too much on Deshaun Jackson, who was an older player, and relying on older players has been a mistake of Howie and the Eagles organization over the last few years. But early in Deshaun's career, he was not injury prone. Like, he was not a guy who was missing games every week um, from 2008 through 2010, or 2008 through 2013. He wasn't. I mean, he was on the field most weeks. And, and this is the thing. Like, yeah, as I said, the Deshaun thing and relying on older players is a mistake that Howie has made in the past. But, like, you can scream all you want about Howie made all these mistakes, he shouldn't be here. Well, he is here. And you can either get over it, essentially, and judge him for what he's doing now, or you can keep crying about the same stuff you've been crying about over the last over the last year or so. And the bottom line is, you look at this offseason – and the mistakes that he's made in the past, he's not making this offseason. He's just not. Like, this is not a team that's giving overpriced contracts to older players. This is not a team that is overthinking the draft and, you know, taking guys based solely on fit than talent. And that's something that Nick Sirianni, I thought was the thing that I took most from Nick Sirianni in that press conference tonight was when he talked about guys in his system and he was it's the most adamant I have heard Nick Sirianni and with the most conviction I've heard him speak about anything so far in his time with the Eagles is you know he was asked about Devontae Smith and his uh you know his role and how he would fit into the offense and how he would be utilized and Nick Sirianni said flat out we we don't believe enforcing a guy into one spot. That is not our offensive philosophy. We will cater our offense to the talent of our players. 
And that is something that, that I find very refreshing to hear. Because as much as I like Doug Peterson, I don't think Doug Peterson did a good job last year of adjusting the talent he had. And I think it's part of the error the Eagles made is trying to draft guys to fit Doug's system. Is you should not be drafting players to fit your system. You should be drafting the best players and fit your system around what they do well. And that's why I was encouraged by what the Eagles did. Yeah, took the best player and they will trust the coach to mold a system around him and what he and his teammates do well. 215-592-9494. Let's go to John in New York. What's up, John? Yo, John. You there, John? Yep, you're on. Oh, hey. No, I have an interesting idea. It's a little theory I was uh, I just thought of. How Howie Roseman used the Carson Wentz trade to get three first-round picks. Yeah, I mean, John, think about this. Between trading Carson Wentz and tanking Week 17, Howie Roseman effectively picked up two first-round picks for next year. Well, yeah, you, you think about it. So here he goes. Like, he trades Carson Wentz for a second and a third. The second could and should probably go to first. Right, and and then and, and if it is a second, that means Carson Wentz was a disaster. Right, he didn't even play seventy percent of the right. snaps, and the team sucked. Right. So, but so after that, so he he moves down from six to twelve. He gets the first round from Miami next year, or San Francisco. So they get the next. That, that's the second one. So mm-hmm. they use that third round pick, the eighty fourth pick, in the third round this year move up and grab probably the last guy on their list that they wanted at 12. So they used those three picks, and that 84th was important, to move back up to get the guy they wanted in the first round this year. Yeah, no, John, that's a great point. Yeah, I mean, it was one of the picks they got in the Wentz trade, like you said, um, 84, you use that, and and you effectively, um, you know, what they effectively end up doing here is trading uh you know a future uh, trading that pick uh, uh, this year's third for a first next year i mean i don't know how anybody can be critical of this move yeah i mean i, I honestly i wanted to retain or horn but they both were off the board i think all their guys were off the board and they and they knew that dallas wanted Mika parsons from penn state they wanted they wanted parsons from penn state and so why not pick up another third so it was it was a great move to jump the giants who also i think they wanted uh Devontae Smith, they picked up his clone later on in the draft, and Tony, like 21 or 22. Right. So it was a good move for the Eagles. I mean, they hurt their division. I mean, Dallas is going to get their guy no matter what. It's going to hurt us for the next 10 years playing against him. But I think uh, I think Howie deserves a little credit on this. I, I think he did a really good job this first night. Yeah. No, I hear you, John. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for the call. And, yeah, I mean, I think uh, – and that that is another positive of this. I don't think Dallas or the Giants – got the guys they wanted. Like, Dallas, I think, had to be sitting at 10 very confident that they would have gotten Sertan or Horn. Like, they, it was no secret that the Cowboys wanted a corner. And when Horn and Sertan go 8-9, it was kind of the perfect storm for the Eagles. Because then I think Dallas was in a spot where they were kind of, you know, caught, where they didn't really know what to do. And you kind of take advantage of the situation. I do, I, I don't believe the Cowboys wanted to do business with the Eagles in that spot. But, you know, the way Dallas looks at it, the division rival is getting Devontae Smith either way. 
So what difference does it really make? Um, you might as well trade down, pick up a selection. Uh, the What's the difference? The Eagles get Devontae Smith. Giants get Devontae Smith. Um, he's going to be in the division regardless. Um, you know, and they move down. They get a li- little extra time to reevaluate, and they end up having to draft Parsons. And the Giants, they don't get the guy they've wanted for weeks. And, you know, it, it, it was navigated beautifully. Like, I don't know what else to tell you. You know, you can you can dislike Howie, um, and if you still do, uh, that's fair. But can you judge him fairly? I mean, that's really the question, because if you are really going to judge Howie Roseman fairly and look at it objectively, he navigated this entire draft situation just, just perfectly. From the trade from 6 to 12, the trade up from 12 to 10, like the last caller said, you add the Wentz trade into all this, The one of the picks you get from that, you move up from 12 to 10. Um, it all ties together into an offseason that has been really strong for Howie Roseman. 215-592-9494. Brendan, Dan, Bill, get all you guys when we get back. I'm Tom Kelly, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP, I'm Tom Kelly with you for another 20 minutes or so here before we turn things over to John Johnson uh, for the overnight filling in for Big Daddy Graham. But uh, I, one of the, the funny things uh, coming out of this is they showed the Eagles' war room when the pick was made, and Nick Sirianni was fired up about this selection. I mean, he was he was high-fiving guys. Um, he was excited. And, he, you know, it, it is really interesting that the Eagles clearly took Nick Sirianni's thoughts into account here. Like, um, this pick screams Nick Sirianni. A wide receivers coach coming in here, I'm sure he would have wanted Devontae Smith, and the Eagles move up. And are able to get him. And it's going to be interesting to see how he molds into this this offense, how Nick Sirianni molds the offense around um, Devontae Smith, Jalen Rager, um, you know, Dallas Goddard. And as I said earlier, and I'll continue saying this, I do not see the reasoning in trading Zach Ertz anymore. I just don't understand why you would do it. Um, You have a veteran tight end who, yeah, he was banged up last year, but – I still think can be a productive player, is one of the most productive tight ends in the NFL over the last five to ten seasons. Um, and I think as a leader, both on the field, in the locker room, he would only help Nick Sirianni and Jalen Hurts. Uh, and, yeah, I wouldn't be looking to get rid of Zach Hurts at this point for sure. Um, but we'll see what happens the rest of the weekend with the Eagles here. 215 592 9494. Let's go to Dan in Havertown. What's up, Dan? How you doing, Tom? Good. How are you? Just got to call in and say I was a Howie hater, but I love what he did this year. Well, so what, specific, say, what specifically did you like, Dan? Well, trading back, still got Devontae Smith. Would have loved one of the corners, but they weren't there. You jumped the Giants. The Cowboys and Giants did not get the corners that we wanted, and they did it. And they got Devontae Smith. I love it. Yeah, you're a Devontae Smith fan then. You think he's going to be a big-time player, huh? Well, I do. I don't know, but I do, mm-hmm. hopefully. But um, I just like the moves that he made. 
as well as the last year being smart than everybody, he took the best player on the board. Yeah. No, I, I, I get it, Dan. I appreciate it. And yeah, I mean, that's something that Howie made a point to say um, multiple times in his press conference was he said, you know, we stuck to our board. And th- it was interesting because when he did his press conference last week, he was asked about deviating from his board at times. And he kind of, you know, didn't answer it straight on, didn't deny that that was the case, which I thought was interesting. And tonight pretty much flat out said, yeah, we stuck to our board, insinuating that is something they deviated from in the past. Maybe to uh, pick for a fit instead of the best player. Um, so he said that, and then he also admitted later on, he said, we made mistakes. We forced picks at certain positions that we shouldn't have forced, and we wanted to make sure we came out uh, with a, a top-notch player and that we got the best player uh, available at that tier. And I think that's what it really came down to. And the Eagles, they could have traded down. They could have, I guess, done the trade that – uh, the Giants ended up doing with Chicago and accumulated more picks for the future. But let's face it, people wouldn't have liked that. I wouldn't have really liked that. I, I thought the Eagles needed to get a difference-making player out of the first round this year, and they knew that. And to move up and get Devontae Smith, um, I like the aggressiveness, and I like going up and making that move uh, to get a difference-making player when you needed one and just kind of sticking to the board and sticking – to the guys that they had in that tier. And uh, I appreciate Dan as a Howie hater kind of telling it the way it is and admitting that, you know, it's okay to admit that Howie did something well. And I I hope the rest of the Howie haters jump on board. The Mike and King of Prussia's out there, the Gus and Allentowns. um, I mean, I'm not hearing from Gus tonight. You know, Gus, very quiet tonight. Um, You know, Gus has got to eat this one, I guess. Um, because you know he's a big Howie hater. He's a chip guy, though. So, uh, I, I he's still like, he, he's the only one left. Still I mean, a chip guy. Gus will never give it up. He's just he's, he, he thinks he was just not given enough time or what? Yeah, I mean it, it's just Gus. He just he he will stick. The to Eagles his, won the Super Bowl with the next coach, and yeah. I I think Chip would have done it. Yeah. yeah, I mean Gus is more of a basketball guy. He's not really a football guy, but that, that's all right. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four. Let's go to Bill and King of Prussia. What's up, Bill? Hey, I just want to just kind of chime in with everybody else. Uh, to me, this round one made Howie look like a genius. He couldn't get what he wanted in at number six, so he traded back. And then to get the best player available, he traded up. And if everybody realizes the last five years, they've been yelling, just pick the best player. Just pick the best player. And he did. Yeah, that's the way I look at it, Bill, is they didn't overthink it. And going into this draft, that's the one thing I really wanted out of the Eagles in the first round was just don't overthink the pick. You know, stick to your board. Pick the best player available. And I think they they realized Devontae Smith was really the last player they liked at 12. So they were aggressive, went up and got him. And, you know, I, I don't see how, how you can see a negative in how this all went down. No, I don't. I don't think anyone else who would have been there at twelve would have made fans happy. Oh no, certainly not. No, I agree. Well, I, I, I agree. yeah, I appreciate it, Bill. Thanks. Yeah, I mean, no, again, no, nobody would have been happy if the Eagles had traded down. Nobody would have been happy. I mean, if the Eagles sat at twelve and took Rashawn Slater, an offensive lineman from 
uh, Northwestern, nobody would have been happy with that. Um, and, you know, I think it's a, it's, it's a quality move to go up and get Devontae Smith. Um, it's a big-time move. And this team desperately needed two things out of this. They needed a, a difference-making player. And even when they moved from 6 to 12, and this is what I didn't get when I'd hear the argument, well, this is just Howie preserving himself. And I, I, I didn't see it that way at all. Like, I didn't look at the move from 6 to 12 in any way, meaning Howie didn't need to come out of this draft with a difference-making player. I think that same pressure was still there. It just made it more difficult. Um, but you had to take that risk considering the reward of adding a future first-round pick. So I certainly still think they need to get a difference-making player, and they were able to do so. They were able to move back up. They were able to get the difference-maker for their team uh, that they desperately needed. So I never understood that argument, that how he was under less pressure moving from 6-12. and 12. I thought, if anything, he was under more pressure and still found a way to get the player that I think the Eagles would have drafted at 6 anyway. If the Eagles sat at six with Kyle Pitts going four, Jamar Chase going five, I honestly believe that Devontae Smith would have been the player they would have drafted at six. Instead, you move back to 12, then up to 10, and you essentially trade number 84 in the draft this year for a first-round pick next year. It, it It's a beautiful move. I mean, it, it's... I don't know how you can evaluate it and not see the logic. Uh, 215-592-9494. But, you know, we've heard a lot of opinions tonight. You've heard my opinion. You've heard Dan's opinion. You've heard a a bunch of different callers' opinion. But there's one opinion that we've really been waiting for. Dan, I mean, we've been waiting for this opinion all night. Look, you're right. This is the opinion that everyone tunes in for. We've been waiting for it. I was excited when his name popped up on the screen. This is... All the anticipation of draft night coming into one call. Yeah, exactly. And without further ado, Weave, Weave, what are you thinking about the pick? We need it. We we need we need your expertise here. Okay, okay. Um, I read something about Howard. Um, how he was going to make the safest pick, but I like the fact he took a chance. He went up in the draft. And he got the guy that I said they should get all along. I called in about a month or two ago. I think it's a great fit for um, for our quarterback. You know what I mean? I agree. Jalen, they played together at Alabama, by the way. We. Oh, my God. I think that was one of the greatest picks because um, this guy is from Alabama, and they, they said he his, his patterns are so precise, you know what I mean? He's where he's supposed to be, you know what I mean? And um, that's only going to help the Eagles receivers, you know. And, and he's got the speed, you know. I know they, they're comparing him to um, Sean Jackson a lot, but um, I just think that that was – I think it, it could be a great pick, you know what I mean? I, I don't want to go ahead and say, that, you know, it's one of the best picks. Well, it is. It's one of the best that how he did. There you, you know? go, that's, yeah. Yeah, and he's got a, a history of uh, drafting uh, good players down in the lower rounds. Um, the only thing I, you know, if they can get a a, a, a lockdown corner, you know, on one end, and um, I'm just I'm just lost, man. As far as you know, I listened to um, Howard Eskin earlier on the radio, mm. and um, he's really 
didn't think this guy, you know, was a good pick. And I, I listened to Alex. Well, you know what? That makes that. me feel better about it, Weave. If Howard thought it was a bad pick, then I feel a lot better about it. Oh, my God. And, and he, he had some good points about, you know, the guy only weighs 166 pounds, you know. and the, But he's not injury prone. But um, I think because he came from Alabama, which the Eagles ain't having never really drafted anybody, you know, from that. And um, they got the pick from Dallas, um, which um, the only thing. That hurt you, I, that only, hurt you a little only, bit, Weave? Yeah. Yeah. The only other guy I really liked was the guy from Penn State, that linebacker. Yeah, he's a good player. Yeah. And um, – I think you guys did a great job of, um, you know, just covering the whole draft, man. Thanks, man. And uh, let me give a shout-out to my boy over at uh, Walmart. <laughs> uh, of course. All right, we appreciate it, buddy. All right, All right. take it easy. That was, that was a pretty good, insightful call from you. You think they have the mock drafts going at Walmart? Like, you think they're breaking this down in the break room? They should. I mean, that was a – I thought that was one of Weave's more – Insightful Coherent calls. calls. Yeah, I did. It, I it thought, was. No, he, he's all in. He's all in, and, you know, he liked the pick and drew the, drew the you know, connection with Jalen Hurts at Alabama. I thought that was well done by Weave. And, yeah, I mean, I, I, I heard Howard earlier, and, you know, me and Howard just disagree on everything. I mean, like I, literally I, everything? Yeah. I saw I mean, he blamed analytics for the pick tonight. Well, how, well Howard, Howard um, uh, Kyle Quinn will play the – quits the the cut sometimes because he produces Howard on Saturday mornings. Howard rips me about liking Ben Simmons because Howard hates Ben Simmons and I I but I love I mean I it's love, who doesn't love Howard? The only thing holding me back on this pick. Like anytime an entire city like this, like anytime we're all for the most I know we've gotten some calls that do not like this pick, but anytime the majority likes a pick, I get a little weary because hmm. historically when that happens doesn't always work out so great. Yeah. Like, you know, Ben Simmons, we both think he's a good player, but perhaps disappointing from the number one overall pick. Mark, uh, no, no, I don't think so. You don't I think I, he's been a disappointing number one overall no, pick? No, not at all. I, 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 would, I think. Okay, so I would, a, a discussion for another time. I'd say yeah. he's been disappointing for the pick. Uh, I don't know. I think he's I a mean, good player, but disappointing for what uh, they expected. I, I, I would have traded him for, for Harden, but Harden's a hell of a player. I mean, I, but I mean, you look at Simmons, I think we'd seen his value the past week or so. Better examples, perhaps Markel Fultz. Yeah. There you go. That's better. But. Uh, I'm trying to think of some other. Re- Carson yeah. Wentz ultimately did but, have an MVP season that led to a Super Bowl, but then look what he turned into. I'm just thinking but, of recent examples. Yeah, to your point. Yeah, I mean, I get it. Um, but I, th- I, I do think it's a good pick, and I, I think the Eagles ended up getting a really good player, and uh, I feel really good about it tonight. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four. If you want to get in, uh, in the last segment of the show, we've been pretty jammed up on the phones uh, so far, but a few open lines right now. If you want to get in, we will squeeze you in. Before we get out of here and turn things over to John Johnson, I'm Tom Kelly, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP, I'm Tom Kelly with you for another couple minutes here before we talk to John Johnson. I'm interested to talk to John uh, on this overlap because uh, John is, me and John have had very different opinions of Howie Roseman. I'm interested to see if John's come around a little bit to my side of the of the ledger here in regards to Howie because you can dislike him you can think he is made you can point to his mistakes and I'm not going to deny the mistakes I mean the drafts in recent years um have not been good certainly but this offseason he has done a lot of things to position this team very nicely uh for the future 
and for 2021. Like, like we look at the future and after next year, I mean, you look at the draft picks, you look at the salary cap space. This team's going to have a lot of flexibility to do a lot of different things. And, you know, who knows what the possibilities could entail. But even in the short term, 2021, I don't think this team is going to be going to be a bad football team next year. I don't. Um, do I think they're going to be Super Bowl contenders? No. But do I think this team can compete for the NFC East against a Giants team coming off a six-win season and they go on some kind of free agent spending spree? Um, but they don't. I mean, their quarterback stinks. I I don't think the Giants are anything special. Do I think the Eagles can be better than them? Sure. Yeah, I do. Um, the Washington football team, who's their quarterback? I mean, Fitzpatrick? Fitzpatrick, we know what he is. He's good in short doses. Ryan Fitzpatrick, if he's your starting quarterback for the for the long term, he's that that's not gonna go well for you. We've seen that story go out in the past. It's not gonna work out. And Dallas, the the one word that is synonymous with Dallas Cowboys football over the last twenty five years is disappointment. I mean, they disappoint you every year. They are a disappointing, underachieving organization. And I, I, this, um, this division is very volatile year to year. Nobody's repeated as champion since the Eagles did it in 03 and 04. I mean, this is a, a, a team that, when you look at the lines, the Eagles are in good shape in the offensive defensive line. I think they're going to add to both those areas in the next couple of days. Their secondary will be improved over the next couple of days, already is with Anthony Harris. Their linebackers have been improved with Eric Wilson. Their receiving core obviously dramatically improved with Devontae Smith. And, you know, in the end, it's going to come down to Sirianni and Hurts. But if these two um, are, are good at their jobs, this team is going to be able to compete this year for this division. Let's go to Matt and Mount Laurel. What's up, Matt? Hi, how are you? Good. How you doing? Good. So what I want to talk about tonight is how important it was for the Eagles to take a weapon. Um, in my opinion, the biggest thing this year is to figure out what you have in Jalen Hurts. And I don't think it would have been fair to Jalen Hurts to go into this year with Jalen Rager as your number one. You got three first-round picks next year. You can do a lot of things with those. Drafting Devontae Smith means you give Jalen Hurts a real opportunity to prove what he is. Hopefully, he proves he's a franchise quarterback. With with and a guy not, with with a guy that he's worked with in the past as well, exactly. Yeah, you go into the year with Jalen Rager as your number one, and Hurts plays iffy. Then you have that built-in excuse of, well, they had nobody like you had with Wentz for the last two years, right? But now with Devontae Smith, with Miles Sanders, and hopefully a healthy offensive line, you know, you give Hurts a real a real offense to work with, and you give him a year, and you know, maybe a year's too little, but you know, depending on how it goes. Those three first-round picks next year, who knows what you could turn it into if you need a quarterback. And if Jalen Hurts proves to be the guy, then, hey, you start to build that defense. You start to build maybe more a little bit on offense, get the offensive line a little younger, and you start moving forward. Yeah, Like you just said, I think you can still compete for a division, especially with the NFC East. Obviously, you're not going to compete for a Super Bowl. But, hey, why not go out and try to win a division if Jalen Hurts is you know, the guy and he can go out and win a division and maybe compete in a playoff game? Then – guess what? We got draft capital next year. We can turn that into maybe a piece here or there or a couple more draft picks. And I just think that's why it was so important to get that weapon, whether it was Smith, Chase, Pitts, 
or Waddle. Just get that weapon to give Jalen Hurts to give him a fair shot. Agreed, Matt, and I appreciate the call. Uh, yeah, I think that's a great point is you give Jalen Hurts weapons and there are no excuses now. And it's a free look at Jalen Hurts this year. You see what you got. Um, if he's good, great. You stick with him. If he's not, you have cap space and you have draft picks to go get a quarterback next year. And like we see, quarterbacks can come available. I don't know. I mean, Aaron Rodgers just came available today. Uh, you know, like quarterbacks every offseason pop up and come. Nobody thought last offseason Carson Wentz would be available. Nobody thought, you know, Jared Goff, I don't think he's that good. Nobody thought he'd be available. Matthew Stafford, like these things happen. And the Eagles now get a free look at Jalen Hurts. And if they don't like what they see, they can revisit the situation next year. But uh, it is time for me to wrap the show up. And without further ado, we will turn things over to John Johnson filling in for Big Daddy Graham tonight. John, how are you doing? How's there, it going? TK? How, how, how are we feeling? Are, are, are we giving Howie any level of credit tonight? All right, well, let me just uh, clear some things up okay. uh, based on what I heard listening to you. Okay. Uh, and I'll do it in, you know, the Big Daddy Graham fashion. Tom, Tom, Tom. Um, what I will say is this. Let me start with the negative. I will not <laughs> – oh, I will on. never say – Oh, until the, up until this point, Howie has had a great offseason. Making your own mess and then cleaning it up. Uh, you're not a five-year-old. I'm not going to pat you on the back and say, good job, little Howie. It's no. You made a mess. You better clean it up because you should have been fired. But, the but the but you know, the boss man is keeping you around. Well, can I just say real quick, the Go visual ahead. of you, like, petting Howie's head, telling him good job, <laughs> just is making me laugh. It's, I'm sorry. It, I mean, everybody yeah. can paint that visual. He's a, he's a small <laughs> man. Anyway, um, having said that, uh, I was very impressed with what he was able to do tonight. I really was. The way there's always luck involved because when you're you you decide to trade out of six down to twelve, you leave yourself open to you know to other teams taking advantage. I mean, I know they they gain that extra first round pick, but you set yourself up for disaster uh, when you do it so far ahead of time. But uh, I, I give Howie credit. He he read the he. He's saying he read the room, but he read the room correctly. You know, the the idea of Kyle Pitts being available, he was swept up by Atlanta, you know, well before six. He was swept up at four. And the way that the board fell, I, I couldn't believe that J.C. Horn went as early as he did. Mm-hmm. I cannot believe the the 49ers took Trey Lance. I mean, that's just That was just a bizarre pick to me, the timing of that or where they were, because he would have been available a little later on, I think. Um I got to give Howie credit. There was that point in time, and I guarantee you, Tom, you felt the same way. Yeah. That you're like, oh, my God, he's going to take a quarterback. Yes. He's going to do it. (laughs) Justin Fields is going to be a Philadelphia Eagle. It's so funny because during one of the breaks, the draft show, I'm out in the hallway with Ike and Joe and Elliot, and we're all watching. We're like, is he really going to take Justin Fields here? (laughs) Are they really going to take Justin Fields and start this thing over again? It was, it was there for the taking. And um, I, you know, whether it was him or Jeffrey Lurie or one had to talk one, you know, talk the other out of it, (laughs) you know, the opportunity presented itself. And rather than go that easy route and let the Cowboys pick and let the Giants pick, he made the correct move and he got a hold of Jerry Jones. He knew the Giants were going to take Devontae Smith and he was correct because the Giants ended up trading out of their spot. Um, and he acquired, you know, the wide receiver that that almost everybody wanted, and I, I I have to give him full credit for it. It's it's one correct move of many that need to be made in order for him to save face with me. But it, it it's a move 
back on the right track for sure. Okay, well that that's progress. I mean, I'll 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 get <laughs> I'll, I'll give you I'll, I'll, I I appreciate you being objective about that because not a lot of people are. You know, uh, there are a lot of people still, uh, you know, upset with Howie, and I get the frustration with him as far as the mess that's been created here. But, you know, I do, in all honesty, I do think this was a good move. And, and I mean, you look at day two, there are a lot of good players left for them with this 37th pick as well. Yeah, so. no, there is. And day two, uh, I mean, you never want to say it's as important as day one, but because of so many needs, you could make the case that it certainly is. And that's where Howie and, uh, you know, Andy Weidel and, I guess Jeffrey Lurie have to hit home runs yet again with their two picks that are in day two because they have so many holes that need to be filled. Whether they go defense or they go offensive line, I guess you know we'll find out, especially with that early pick in the second round. But I, I was also appreciative that Howie didn't have the stupid, witty, let me smile remarks uh, in the availability that they had, you know, mm-hmm. several around eleven o'clock tonight, where he could have said chocolate vanilla ice cream or pepperoni pizza or cheese pizza. Those stupid remarks that that come back to haunt you. He was more. I mean, he you know he was a little long winded at times, but he was more straightforward uh, than he's been recently. And I thought he admitted. He I thought he was actually very honest about you know in the past them deviating from their board and mm-hmm. reaching for positions and. I thought that was it because it, this offseason it was necessary for them as an organization to be introspective and understand the mistakes they made. I mean, he did have a couple bad jokes at the end there about fitting Devontae Smith into his suitcase and yeah, things yeah, like that. Was, that. Yeah. But aside from that, I, I was encouraged by what I heard. That's where you need someone like Lori to come up behind him and slap him on the back of the head and just you know get back on track here. Uh, but enough about that for a moment. TK, yeah. I need to talk to you about something even more important in our oh, lives could be outside more of sports. Okay. Uh, your thoughts on the finale of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I thought it was terrible. I thought it was terrible. I thought it was hokey. I thought it was, you know, all of a sudden, you know, he's just talking to these Congress people on national TV, like lecturing them. It was it was terrible. I mean, it, it was <laughs> terrible show. I mean, it, we... we we of all people know how great shows can be, and this was not a great show, but shows can be ruined completely by bad finales. Yeah. Um. And yeah. Uh, I I <laughs> thought I thought it was I thought it was awful. I uh, sadly I agree with you. I thought the finale was I don't I, I wouldn't say awful, because it's still good programming. But if we are to compare that series as a whole to say the one that came before it, Wandavision, if Wandavision was a ten out of ten. In your eyes, what would you give this series, Tom? I don't know, a, a three or four. A three? Something you like go that. that low? I thought it was bad. Oh I really God! I, I, you know, I thought it was encouraging going into the last episode. Maybe they could salvage it, but they they didn't. <laughs> and salvage I mean, it. I'm excited for this Loki series. I yeah, think that's going to be good. And on on the contrary, though, I don't know if you you watched it yet, but. I actually thought that Mortal Kombat movie wasn't bad. I thought it was a uh, you liked it. It huh? was it was a nice you know a nice hour forty five minutes. Not a lot of substance to it, but that's not what you're watching that kind of movie for. Well, I was I did see it. I was expecting a crap a crappy movie, a hokey movie that with good action. Uh, I got the hokey crappy part, but I didn't get the the fight scenes that I was hoping for. There were some good. The guy carved a person up with his hat. That was pretty yes, cool. Yes, yeah, that was cool for that hot second. Yeah. But that, that, yeah, some of the actors they chose to portray those roles, I'm like, dude, that's a horrible wig, man. Like, they- this episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. 
And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.